No, uh, Sean McVay, uh, he he loves Cam Akers. He's in love with him. He wants to marry him. So he's going uh, to give him a lot of touches. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde, uh, just three folks who have uh, more fantasy points than James Cook right now. Hell yeah. Woo. Didn't fumble the ball either. That's right. So this is the uh, first uh, regular season episode, of, uh, review episode of the podcast, and uh, we're going to go ahead and go over Thursday Night Football, and we're going to talk about this weekend's games. But first... Uh, uh, Mike, how are you doing today? How are you keeping cool in that 110 degree weather we got here? Well, luckily I have air conditioning um, and I don't go outside unless to take the dog out. So I'm, so I'm pre- doing pretty well. Pretty easy to deal with it. All right. Pretty easy. Walker, how's how's your day going? Are you, are you mourning the queen, old chap? Uh, what did does something happen to the queen? Uh, yeah, she. Uh, she bet big on uh, the uh, Rams last night. Uh, yes, yeah. that's tough. Um, well, I hope that she, I hope that she could financially recover. I'm sure it's a really uh, difficult time for her and her family. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm sure they don't have uh, like millions and millions and millions of dollars that they've stolen from <laughs> less fortunate people. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's all let's all pray for the Queen and uh, and Prince William and whatever and the sausage finger guy. Hey, I saw that finger. I hope the guy who uh, heard me and Kevin Walker get uh, call uh, Rex Burkhead a white running back hears that and just gets mad that we disgrace the royal family as such. Um, so, all right. Uh, <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Someone got mad because you said Rex Burkhead was white. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Jeff okay. told me about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was basically just that. Yeah, they're like, yeah. well, why don't why don't you call? fill in any other running back black running back person because i don't want like, to because <laughs> it's not notable right it's like who cares there are three yeah. active white running backs in the nfl <laughs> right can you name them jeff uh toby gerhardt no toby gerhardt love that Wrong. old minnesota Mike, can you name the three active white running backs peyton hillis peyton hillis that no. was the era jeff, cmc's up. one yeah cmc's one never uh, heard of him yeah, Rex Burkhead's another one. That is correct. You've got two out of three. Who's the other one? Oh, it's got to be a Watt brother. Out? One of the Watt brothers, right? Kyle does he's... not count. Derek Watt is Art. a fullback. Does not count. Damn. It is. Got to have that funk. Jake Funk. Oh, oh Jake, Jake funk, funk, of course, from last night. Yes. Who did Jake Funk play last night? No. There's, he no, did. there's no way to know. Yeah, he played. Well, he, he might have been on special teams. teams, but he didn't touch yeah. any balls. All right. No, he did not touch anybody's balls. No. You know who barely touched balls was Cam Akers. And do you know who crushed the Buffalo Bills? 31 to 10 on Thursday Night Football. First game of the season. And uh, it uh, one team looked like a team that uh, has sat all its starters for the last three weeks because uh, the Rams looked rusty. Uh, offensive line looked like a disaster. Of course, the Bills defensive line is really good. And they did what good, really good defensive lines do against bad offensive lines. And uh, the Bills ran away with this one. Um, I wrote about uh, Cam Akers, Allen Robinson, Isaiah McKenzie, and um, James Cook uh, today on the website, uh, footballabsurdity.com. 
and um, we're going to, um, I think, go over this game. And I think those are kind of like the main focus for a lot of this, because it's like, what are we going to do about Josh Allen? Uh, he's really good. You should have yeah. played him. He had what, four touchdowns. Yeah, what and, are you going to do about Matthew Stafford? Uh, he had a weird, bad game, and he'll probably be fine. Yeah, he had yeah. a weird, bad game where, like, one of his inter- at least one of his interceptions was tipped. Two of them were. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to say two, because there was one that was, or was that a Josh Allen that, pick? There was one that doinked off of uh, Cooper Cup's hands over the middle on yeah. a notebook pass, which was not a great pass, but not awful. Probably shouldn't have been picked off. And then, yeah, he had another one that was, like, just kind of got tipped at the line yeah. and then ended yeah, up Basham got by, yeah by Boogie Basham. Oh yeah, the Boogie Basham one. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I think I think Josh Allen will be okay, and I think Matthew Stafford will be okay to a lesser extent. Um, I think what we saw here was just uh, strength on weakness, because if you watch, if you just watch the lines, it was like the Bills' defensive line literally did whatever they wanted, and it ruined the whole day. It's the yeah. reason why. Uh, Allen Robinson did almost nothing. It's the reason why Tyler Higby had 11 targets. It's the reason why, honestly, why Cam Akers had zero yards and why Daryl Henderson's yards per carry were so low. It was just as soon as the ball was snapped, the Bills were in the backfield. Yes. I mean, I thought I thought Daryl Henderson looked pretty good. And then I looked at his stats and I was like, 3.6 yards a carry. Sweet. It's because what would happen is he would just get like killed in the backfield, killed in the backfield. He'd find a hole and he'd rush for like 12 yards. And then you get killed in the backfield, killed in the backfield, and then you find another hole and rush for like eight yards. I want to see if Daryl Henderson even had a run of 12 yards yesterday. He had one of 18. Jeff seems oddly confident about that. I'm staring at the stats right here where it says long of 18. Oh, he's looking at the box score. <laughs> Cheating. <laughs> I, you think I come up with these numbers off the top of my head when we're doing the game reviews? Yes. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I don't know um, why I think that, because Jeff, if anything, you could accuse Jeff of doing too much research. Nah, it's fine. Uh, Matthew Stafford, seven sacks, uh, 20.9 QBR, 63 rating. All numbers I'm just coming up off the top of my head with. I have, what, 69 rating, more like? Hey, folks, because he sucked. Oh, All right. he sucked. He's, there you go. Okay, um, let's, let's talk about... Kind of the big, the two big uh, players in this game. Because my question is, what's the deal with these running backs? That's my question from yesterday or two days ago. Um, and the deal was they were all bad, but Daryl Henderson got the most opportunity to be bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, Henderson played okay when he was out there. He just didn't really have a whole lot of room to do anything. Yeah. Um, he caught the passes that were thrown to him. He caught all five of his targets. So, um yeah, I mean, I thought he had a fine game. Obviously, he didn't get in the end zone, but he still scored double-digit fantasy points. He's very clearly the running back to play with the Rams when they have games where their offensive line isn't completely overwhelmed immediately. Um, Henderson could easily be a guy who scores 20 points when he scores touchdowns. So I, I think it's definitely wheels up for Henderson. And uh, Akers is just a hold if you have him because you're not going to get good enough value for him to trade him. So... Just wait and see if Henderson goes down and then Akers might get a bigger role. But as of right now, he's pretty much just looks like a backup. Yeah. So, Mike, if you have Cam Akers on a team, what are you doing with Cam Akers right now? Uh, well, you're not if you're going if you're looking to trade him, you're not going to get a whole lot for him. He's no. going to be uh, pretty cheap. And I, I don't want Cam Akers cheap. I I think that um, I want to pay a lot for Cam Akers. I, <laughs> I want to Cam Akers whole, expensive. A whole lot. Like a whole CMT value of Cam Akers, 
But um, right now, you're just going to have to hold on to him and hopefully things turn around where he's getting the 13 carries for 47 yards and Daryl Henderson's getting the three carries for zero yards. I love that the the good scenario for K-Makers is being... Yes. Is having a decent workload and being inefficient with it. That's the right. that's the best you can hope for. That's the yeah, Camakers so. upside. Yeah, it is actually. Camakers' yeah, upside is worse. David Montgomery. Woo! Let's go without targets. And I love that he without got picked, targets. Yes. And he was being picked ahead of David Montgomery in drafts. He was RB nineteen. RB nineteen, uh, just absurd. I ranked him RB forty this week in my weekly rankings, I will likely have the best accuracy rating of anybody on fantasy pros <laughs> on that. And I was still way too high. Yeah. Like he, I would say he's last right now, but James cook exists. So he's last right now. So <laughs> James cook. Well, yeah. Cause cam Akers is just tied for last with a bunch of guys who didn't play. Yeah. And, a, uh, yeah. James a, cook with the negative 1.8. Yeah. It's uh, not a good look from, uh, from, uh, from James cook. So, um, Let's stay with the Rams before we go over to the Bills. Um, Allen Robinson, people are really freaking out about Allen Robinson because he had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he had uh, two targets, one catch, 12 yards. Um, but I dug up, he was actually out there for pretty much the whole game. I think he played 97% of snaps and ran routes on like 96% of the dropbacks that um, that uh, Matthew Stafford had. I think the problem was just he wasn't running these short routes, you know, yep. that like Skoranek and and Higby and couple run and um, they just didn't have time to develop. Like I saw an all 22 side angle or it's like Vaughn Miller had sacked Matthew Stafford before half the wide receivers had even like turned around from their routes. Like they were all still in yeah. their stems. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I think it was game state more than anything. I, I, I think that people had too high of expectations for Allen Robinson before the season. People are saying, Oh, he's a top 20 receiver. No, he's not. But, um, he could still finish as like a top 25 or top 30 guy. I mean, it, it's one game and uh, you know, he, he's new to the team. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a game state where he was going to be targeted much because Stafford was running for his life and his safety blankets are the underneath players. And Robinson simply doesn't run those routes. So um, no, I, I, I don't think it's panic time on Robinson. I think if you've got him, um, you know, they're playing the Falcons next week. Um, the Falcons have one good player in their secondary and that player will be following Cooper cup. So mm -hmm. it's um, yeah, I, I think he's in a prime bounce back scenario. Um, you also might be able to even buy low Allen Robinson after, after one week, you know, somebody could be panicking if they got him in like the fifth or sixth round in a draft and they're like, man, I, you know, maybe they have Gabe Davis and Allen Robinson and they're like, well, clearly Gabe Davis is better. I, I got to get rid of Allen Robinson. I'm never going to play this guy. Yeah. So, Mike, um, are you buying Allen Robinson right now? Is that something that you're interested in doing? Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. He's going to be on the field, as you mentioned. It was a 97 percent of the time. That's a lot of uh, opportunity for volume. I'm not going to look at this this game and go, OK, this whole team sucks because the whole team did suck. And there's still another 16 games left or 15 games left, 16 games left of the schedule. Um, so, I mean, it's just ridiculous to consider this team just a total flop because the buffalo bills defense just you know had them for lunch mm -hmm. uh so i'm not worried about anybody at this point um regardless of what they put out there on that field yeah so um sticking with the rams really quick um i just wanted to loop back to talking about daryl henderson 
Uh, one thing to keep in mind as a Cam Akers owner or manager is um, Daryl Henderson. We talked about at the beginning. He didn't have a lot of room to run. And when he did run, he ran well. But at the same time, there were a lot of frustrating runs. And Sean McVay did not switch over to Cam Akers. This is actually, I think, something that's encouraging for Cam Akers as a stash. And here's why. Uh, 2020. Cam Akers got his opportunity because Daryl Henderson got hurt. 2021, Cam Akers rushed back uh, from his Achilles injury because they needed him because Daryl Henderson got hurt. 2022, I'm going to take a bet that Daryl Henderson probably gets hurt at some point. And <clears throat> Daryl Henderson had 18 touches, and he didn't look too great. Like, when he got space, he looked good. But um, there were a lot of frustrating plays in there. And if those go to Cam Akers, that, that's a um, point in – uh, Cam Akers is favor that they're not going to go to a bench guy. Doubly so, uh, Kyron Williams got hurt on the opening kickoff, a uh, rookie running back. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. He underwent surgery today um, on a high ankle sprain, which I don't – what do they do for a high ankle sprain and surgery? They just, like, open it up and be like, yep, that's that's sprained. Like, I, don't <laughs> even, I don't even know what you would do for a sprain. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't wise. know. Move, move the tendons around. Just kind of go in there, like like a, like a, when your car overheats, you just kind of open the hood and just look at it, and you're like, "Yep, uh, hey, that's the problem." That sure is smoking. That's not good. <laughs> that's like the old tweet. That's uh, like a Canadian mechanic finds your car and he's like, "Ah, oh, something's real screwed up with your car, bud." And and then you're <laughs> like, "Don't worry about it, bud." And the mechanic's like, "Bud." <laughs> uh, so um. Are we hanging on to Matthew Stafford before we yes. go to the bill? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He looked I good. Have, yeah. He just, um, you know. He had no time. I, I would say. Yeah, I had no time, and this defense <laughs> looked horrible. I mean, defense was just absolutely, you know, awesome. Yeah. I, I would, as the preeminent Matthew Stafford fan on this podcast, I would say Matthew Stafford did not look very good, in my opinion. But. I he would didn't say, have time to look. I would good. say that was he, the problem. Didn't, he didn't look as bad as his stat line will say he looked. Um, and he didn't look as bad as the Twitter people who are saying like, man, Matthew Stafford, I told you he isn't that good. He got carried by that roster last year. He, he didn't really do anything. You know, there's already people trying to revisit revisionist history that, but um, it's not like he had a good game. You know, I, I would say that his stat line looks awful and he was merely like not good. Um. First of all, I'm going to have to push back on the accusation that Twitter overreacted about anything. <laughs> okay, uh, how about with uh, with Gabriel Davis? Let's move on to the Bills. Uh, yeah, let's put, move on to the Bills. So Twitter Gabe Davis got the first okay. touchdown of the game, and Twitter servers melted down. I bet. Even I yeah. was thinking that. I was like, as soon as he scored that touchdown, I was like, oh, there goes Twitter. Yeah, no, it's been a perfect Cam or uh, not Cam Akers, Gabe Davis game. Not a perfect Cam Akers game. Uh, but perfect Gabe Davis game because he had a 16% target share, which is improved, but not as much as his biggest advocates thought it would. Um, he only had four catches, but he had 88 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, Gabe Davis haters are saying, you know, oh, he had less targets than Zach Moss. He uh, he was he only had a 16% target share. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he wasn't that good. And it's like, yeah, I, I mean, if a lot of players don't score a touchdown. They're not that good. I mean, I don't know yeah. what you expect here. If Isaiah McKenzie didn't score a touchdown, you know, yesterday, he would have had like three points. 
Yeah, I, if he, I, yeah, he would have been two just, for nineteen. So. Yeah, you can't just say that. You know, it's. You can't. You can't just go well, like if he didn't do the good thing that he did, then you know he would have been bad. Of course, that's the case. You do that with literally any player. Like, I understand that he's not like probably going to finish with that role as a top 20 guy, but he's almost certainly going to finish as a top 30 guy with that role. I mean, he's, he's going to be fringe top 24 because he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. He's going to have probably a thousand receiving yards and yeah, he's only going to catch 60 passes, but who cares? Yeah. It's really funny how like air yards really matter until it's, it's um like, Oh, Hey, he, uh, he didn't do what I, I, I wanted him to do target-wise. So we're going to go with targets instead of air yards. And it's like one of those was a, a bomb that, um, you know, it, it should have been a touchdown, but it wasn't. But, um, yeah, it's just like it's it's pretty wild that uh, yeah, I, I finding reasons to not like the deep threat guy because he doesn't get enough targets. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that, like, from last night's football game that Gabriel Davis is a good football player. Like, it... I don't know how you could watch him play last night and be like, he's not good at football. Like that's such, that's incredible take lock. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So um, Mike, what do you think about Gabe Davis? Well, he's, if you take the touchdown away, he's not very good. Oh no, wrong friend. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> no, I mean, he, no, he's very good. He, he's a really good wide receiver, very good uh, wide receiver too, to this high octane offense. And um, I, I, you could easily expect double points out of him almost every week. And then when he does score those touchdowns, you're, you're getting just even more bonus points. Uh, I, he's at the very least a wide receiver three flex option. So he's starting every week for any of the teams I have. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it's wheels up on Gabe Davis. So um, wheels up on Zach Moss, Zach Moss, Zach Moss uh, the let, highest scoring back in PPR for the Bills. Uh, no, Zach Moss not. is not. Zach Moss isn't going to get six targets most games. No, Zach uh, Moss no. ended up with six catches and fewer and single digit PPR points. Yeah, that's hilarious. That, it's incredible <laughs> how how little he did with all of his touches. He was yeah. so bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, this guy stinks. He he the coaches like him because he runs really hard and he can pass block, but that's all he does. Like he, mm-hmm. he can pass block, he catches a ball you throw directly to him, and then he runs hard and gets an extra half a yard at the end of the play. Uh the problem is he's got no burst. He looks like he's running in quicksand, molasses, whatever you want to say. Uh, you know, Devin Singletary, who is not a very good athlete is so much quicker out on the field than Zach Moss is. It's not even funny. Um, no, it was clear that Singletary was the lead back. Um, I think that they'll keep trying to get James Cook involved at some point. I don't think that it's going to be a fantasy-relevant role, but I think they will continue to try to get him involved a little bit more as the season goes on, and those touches are going to come away from Moss. They're not going to come away from Singletary because even Sean McDermott, whose running back usage isn't always ideal even he he can see that Singletary is pretty clearly their best running back yeah I think that that, I think that uh that's been put to bed I mean granted James Cook got one carry two yards fumble and was kicked out of SoFi Stadium but uh chances are he is going to be the best uh running back they have there he being Devin Singletary uh speaking of James Cook we're holding right I we've seen this before where rookies fumble 
they get thrown to the bench and then they get their their opportunity again next week. I'm, I'm holding James. I'm holding James Cook. Um, I mean, they 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 obviously believe in him enough to. I mean, the first carry he gets as a rookie fumbles the ball. Uh, how many coaches out there would just bench him and not even give him a second look? Well, the fact that they did give him multiple looks after that tells me that they believe in James Cook, and that's all I need to know. No, James Cook was gone after that. No, he came back. No, he didn't. No, yeah, he, he didn't. He might have played, but he didn't get any touches. Yeah, he didn't touch it after that. No, no, I'm not talking about I'm just talking about him returning to the field. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he just didn't touch the ball again. Okay. Um, right. let's see. Uh uh Stefan Diggs, good. Uh Cooper Cup, good. Uh yep. I'm trying to see if there's any bells worth talking about. Oh, we briefly touched on Isaiah McKenzie. Um he and Jamison Crowder split the uh slot snaps. Uh McKenzie had twenty one routes, Crowder had twelve. Um, there's just a thing that Chris Collinsworth mentioned, which is, uh, it looks as though they're going, uh, from his reckoning, at least they're going a slot receiver by committee because, uh, Jamison Crowder, I looked it up on player profiler was like the second best against man coverage last year in terms of uh, route win rate. And so, uh, they're having him on, on man snaps in the slot and then McKenzie in on zone snaps in the slot. So, um, there are a few things I can think of that I would want less than a slot receiver by committee. In most yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> that's a part-time guy splitting time with another part-time guy. So um, if you can find a sell a buyer for Isaiah McKenzie, please sell him. Um, Tyler Higby, uh, 11 targets, five receptions, 39 yards. Guy sucks. Cut him. Get him out of here. And I'm talking, of course, to the Buffalo Bills. Um, Dawson Knox, one catch, five yards. This is what you're going to get from Dawson Knox if he doesn't score a touchdown. Um, so injuries in this game before we move on, um, I mentioned on the Ram side, uh, Kyron Williams underwent surgery. So that means the one of three white running backs in the NFL is going to be the number uh, three running back next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be Mr. Jacob Funk. It's uh, Sean McVay said Cam Akers needs to play with an increased level of urgency, which I guess means uh, don't be terrible. Uh, Joseph Noteboom sprained his MCL in his day to day in the game last night. Uh, center Brian Allen. Uh, we'll have a clean-out procedure and miss two to four weeks for the Rams. Obviously, that's not good, uh, given how bad their offensive line was yesterday. Honestly, Imagine how bad their backups yeah. are. I, again, I don't know if that's much of a negative. Brian Allen is not good. I, Imagine I, how bad his backup must be. I don't know if his backup's worse. I mean, he was a guy that I followed pretty closely because he played at Michigan State, and he was really good at Michigan State and then just is not good enough to be an NFL lineman. Like, he, he should be like the last guy on your roster or on your practice squad he's not good that looks like coleman shelton is going to kick into center uh don't know anything about him he had a pff grade of 57.7 last year so coleman shelton is better than brian allen i don't know if he's good but he's better than brian allen how about tremaine anchorum uh <laughs> is he the new right guard yeah oh um he was fine in college uh not great uh I don't I don't think their offensive line got worse, but it probably didn't get better either. Yeah. So uh, real quick, before we move on to these games, I would just like to give a special shout out to Joel Segrist, who I am in a league with, who started Cam Akers and James Cook yesterday. Let's go. Oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Off to a great start. Just just quit fantasy football at that point. I did not play a single player yesterday and I have more fantasy points than he does right now. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Okay. And I'm playing... Uh, oh, he has... How many points is he? Oh, he has, this guy has Cooper Cup. That's why he has so many points. Okay. So I, I got the breakdown on what they do for high ankle sprain. All right. Let's hear it. Know. All right. It's kind of in-depth, but... Um, so it's called tightrope fixation or tightrope procedure. High ankle sprain damages soft tissue between the tibia and fibula, causing the bones to separate. The tibia and fibula ends are anchored together with a braided polythylene cord, which is the tightrope, instead of a surgical screw. This restores the original position of the bone, which allows proper healing. Oh, so wow. they bungee them together so that the bones yeah. are in place and it can heal. Yeah, because the, the inflammation of the of the ankle uh, ligament is pushing your leg bones apart, which is... Ugh, that sounds like just, fun. Yeah, that sounds awful. No wonder that hurts so much. So, yeah, and then, yeah, to just put it back, they're just like, well, we're going to yank it back together and <laughs> then you'll sit around for a little while. I like, yeah, I like how they handle it, like me trying to, you know... Uh, ha- haphazardly slap together something that broke in my house. Just kind of bungee it together and be like, <laughs> right. all right, that that should work. That should yeah. work. That's together, weird because yeah. I I I had an ankle sprain earlier this year, so that's weird to think about how like now my legs probably irreversibly changed because yeah, I, that's fine. I didn't go to the doctor or anything. I was just like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, I am. Um, when I was in the eighth grade, I broke my ankle on the growth plate. And the Ew. doctor was like, you better hope you don't grow anymore. And I only grew like a half inch after that. And uh, I went when I went to a physical therapist, she's like, you know, one of your legs is longer than the other one, right? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like a half inch. Yeah, it's so, my mom had the same thing. One of her legs was and not because she broke it or anything. I don't know why it was. She just had it's just we don't leg. grow evenly all the time. <laughs> it's yeah. like my arms look at the look at my arms like i'm holding them both out as far as they can go and one's like six inches shorter all right bears <laughs> bears host the 49ers enough of this bs bears host the 49ers uh niners last season were 10 and 7 uh, bears were 6 and 11 this one's got a 41 point over under niners seven point favorites and i'm checking it's still live seven point uh, even though George Kittle um, <clears throat> injured his groin and people are saying it and I'll just say it, George Brittle. There we go. Let's just get it out of the way. Uh, injured his groin, did not practice on Wednesday. Um, unlikely to play week one. He was sidelined on Friday as well, officially listed as questionable. So, uh, you know, one of the things I was worried about was George Kittle gets hurt all the time and he's already hurt. So um, luckily, this is a 10 a.m. game. There's no games between now and then. Uh, This is where I get in the little plug for the Start or Sit show on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Football Absurdity. It will start at 8.30 a.m. Pacific uh, on Sunday. That is when injury reports come out. We will help you with your start sits and your pickups. Uh, George Kittle, we will know then if he is active or not. Um, Even if he is active, uh, are either of you starting George Kittle in this game? I think if he's active, you have to, honestly. I mean, based on team construction, I, I feel like week one, if he if he plays, I, I think you gotta you got to put him in there because he's got just as good of a chance to score a touchdown being as good as he is as any of the guys that you're going to scoop up off waivers. Okay. Um, let's, let's do this. George Kittle or uh, the guy on the other side of the field, uh, Cole Komet, who is rostered in 88% of leagues, so he's out there in some shallower leagues. So, George Kittle or Cole Komet? Kittle. Mike? I agree, Kittle. 
Kittle. Okay. Uh, George Kittle. I'm trying to see where the line is. George Kittle or uh, Irv Smith. Kittle. Kittle. George Kittle or Gerald Everett, baby. Let's go. Kittle. <laughs> I got to go Kittle as well. I think if they play him, he's going to be good enough to be at least top three-fourths of George Kittle. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's probably no guy you have rostered that you would start over George Kittle. Austin Because it's <laughs> like if you drafted Kittle and like Goddard or Schultz, like what's wrong with your brain? Right, exactly. So, So, yeah, if you have Kittle, you're starting Kittle. Okay, perfect. And so, uh, kind of very similar questions. Uh, Valus Jones is doubtful for this game. So, so, uh, we're going to pivot off of Valus Jones. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, if you're starting Valus Jones, now you have to start (laughs) Equinemius St. Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Byron Pringle is the pivot there. Uh, Dante Pettis is the pivot. No, um, so... um, if this is your first episode this season, basically what we do is we ask a question about the game, and that's how we get into it. So my question for this one is, uh, can Justin Fields go blow for blow with Trey Lance? And um, I'm very high on Trey Lance uh, this year. Obviously, 49ers fan, I'm going to be high on Trey Lance. But also, um, in the three games he played, one of them was only a half. He averaged 18 fantasy points per game in those three games. He rushed for 80 yards in one of them, and he threw for two touchdowns in the two other games. So I really feel like this idea that we have to play it safe with Trey Lance to start with, it doesn't really make a lot of sense with me. And um, even if there's no George Kittle, which there might not be just because it's the Bears, um, he still has Debo Samuel, who's pretty good, if you've ever heard of him. He still has Brandon Ayuk, who's not too shabby, if you've ever heard of him. He still has, um, you know, other passing game weapons. And he also has... Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, Juwan Jennings, Danny Gray. Let's go. Um, Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray. Uh, he's there now. Yeah, he's he's our returner now, which thank God. Um, so I think that Trey Lance, I think he's in for a big game. Uh, Bears were um, okay against quarterbacks last year, kind of a, uh, a uh, middle of the pack. But the reason I really like Trey Lance is, in his three games that he played significant snaps last year, he had seven, eight, and 16 rush attempts. So you figure he gets eight rush attempts in a game. Like, that's that's going to give you enough uh, boost in the fantasy points to um, do a lot of damage. Uh, for the other side of the ball, um, Ju- Justin Fields, new uh, head coach, new offensive system, new play calling, new everything. Uh, offensive line. Kind of a mess, but here's the thing that shocked me. Uh, they were sixth in pass block win rate last year uh, per ESPN. So they were actually just dreadful at, at run blocking was the real problem. They were okay in pass blocking. And granted, that win rate does uh, include, you know, when Justin Fields does his little scramble thing. But uh, 49ers were fifth in pass rush win rate last year. So kind of a strength on strength here. And oh, yeah. Uh, the best fantasy game of Trey, Le- I'm sorry, of Justin Fields' career came against the 49ers last year, where he had 29.3 fantasy points and he rushed for 100 yards. So my question is, is can Justin Fields go blow for blow with Trey Lance in this one from a fantasy perspective? Like, could they finish like eight and nine this week? I'm going to say no, because I'm I'm looking at this implied point total and it's 24 to 17 uh, yeah. 49ers. So I just don't think the Bears are going to score enough for Fields to be able to keep up with Lance in terms of fantasy points. Okay, Mike, what do you think? I I think, yes, 
Uh, I don't know exactly how much Trey Lance is going to be involved in this offense in week one. They might want to just sort of warm him up a little bit, let Elijah Mitchell and the rest of the running game sort of, you know, take control and hand the ball off and let just um, Trey Lance sort of get a feel of of the game, especially being the week one. With that said, Justin Fields has already been there and done that. And I could see him getting a lot of points either through his legs or um, with throwing at least one touchdown. I could see him throw one touchdown. Two might be a little difficult, but one touchdown, a lot of yards rushing where Trey Lance is going to be very limited, which would narrow that gap down, you know, pretty close. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I could see see Justin Fields rushing for one and throwing for one, and that's 10 points right there to get you started, and then – he kick in a little bit of rushing, a little bit of passing. Problem is, is that the Niners uh, were one of the best defenses in the NFL last year and had hardly, hardly any takeaways, despite having a ton of opportunities to do so. And that's the sort of thing, that's just bad luck. That tends to, you know, equalize. You know, that's why I think uh, the opposite, I think Trayvon Diggs is about to get destroyed this year because <laughs> everybody's going to be gunning for him because he had all those picks last year. Um, real quick, and then we'll uh, uh, do win, lose, or draw. Or actually, part of win, lose, or draw is uh, the question I was going to ask. So uh, I was going to say Brandon Ayuk or Darnell Mooney this week if George Kittle uh, doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Probably Ayuk. Mike? Yeah, I agree with Walker. I think Ayuk uh, is going to be the guy if Kittle doesn't play because they'll have to use someone that's a second. And Ayuk would, would fill that role with without Kittle. Okay, and then if Kittle does play, is it pretty straightforward Darnell Mooney play over Brandon Ayuk? Uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely for me, Mooney. Walker? What's that? Sorry. If I if Kittle does play, uh, Ayuk, Ayuk uh, takes a backseat to Mooney if Kittle does play? Yeah, I would, I would go with Mooney in that circumstance. All right, win, lose, or draw. Ayuk, Mooney, and Elijah Mitchell. Win, Elijah Mitchell. Draw. Brandon Ayuk lost Darnell Mooney. Um, I'm going to go win Elijah Mitchell uh, lost Brandon Ayuk because I do believe George Kittle is going to play. And um, then that would leave a draw with Darnell Mooney. Did it? I think uh, I yes. Elijah Mitchell's best okay. game last year in his rookie year. 18 carries, 137 yards, one touchdown at the Chicago Bears. Up there. So, there you go. All right. Next game up on the docket is the New Orleans Saints traveling to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, last year, New Orleans was nine and eight, which actually kind of shocked me because I thought they were more of a, a disaster than that. And uh, the Falcons were seven and ten, which I also thought they were more of a disaster than that. Um, so this one is a, a 42 and a half point over under and the Saints are five and a half point road favorite so injuries in this one uh for the saints traquan smith is out for week one uh, michael thomas is questionable he's been dealing with a hamstring issue but everybody's been pretty optimistic that he's going to play all ar- all along the way um for the falcons uh drake london is dealing with a knee issue he is a true questionable game time decision on Sunday probably don't want to default into starting him anyways in his first career game coming off of a knee injury that's cost him several weeks um and then as an aside uh the Falcons 
uh, AtlantaFalcons.com, Scott Bear believes that Damian Williams will factor heavily into the Falcons run game. And to that, I say until mm-hmm. he gets hurt. So, Mike, mm-hmm. this is your game. What? Uh, and uh, that's why I brought up the Damian Williams point, because your question is, yep. what is the Falcons running back room going to look like? Yeah, exactly. Um, not only you have Damian Williams, but you have Cordell Patterson. Um, and then you have also uh, the rookie Tyler Aljair. Hey, what, what is, who's going to get the carries? Who's, who's going to be third down? Who's going to be a blocking third down back? Who's going to do all of it? I, I, I really don't know. And the only way they see this answer is to see the game or look at the scoreboard or something. But I'm just totally curious on how this poor of an offense that has really no set running back is, is going to be, who's going to be the guy and his are going to be a guy. I listened back to the Tuesday episode and Jeff, you called Cordero Patterson, a special teamer on that Mm -hmm. show. And I can't believe I did not push back on that. He's a career special teamer. I mean, what do you want from me? He, they, he got pressed into a role last year. He played well in the role. He's a career special teamer. He's not right now, though. He's going to be the starting running back on the team. I was trying to derisively talk about Cordero Patterson so that I could pump up my boy Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier <laughs> hasn't done anything. Neither did Cordero Patterson until he was like 38 years old. <laughs> He's 32, which is still too old. I will give you that. Um, Mike, Mike and I are going to respectfully disagree with that 32 is too old. Oh, yeah, I have to disagree with that. Older than 32. Jesus. Not going to. Imagine being older than 32 years old. Couldn't be me, folks. Gee, I, want, I wonder what that's like. Over 32. Enjoy, all I have to say is enjoy your back now, Walker. Yeah. I am. I love it. It's it's going great. <laughs> I played some with disc golf last weekend, and I was chilling. All right. So what were you going to say about Cordero Patterson? He's good at football. Uh, I, I think that he's the clear number one running back in terms of fantasy. He'll catch the most passes um, and they'll go to him first around the goal line. Cause he's actually been surprisingly efficient around the goal line in his career. He is a bigger bodied guy, strong. So um, I, I think that he'll be fantasy relevant and if, if, you know, until, or if he gets, if he gets hurt, he won't be, but um, and Damian Williams will probably be the number two guy again until he gets hurt, which he's 30. He probably will. Um, he's just, uh, I, Williams isn't anything special at this point in his career. So I I think I have him ranked like 49th or 50th this week for running backs. He's, he's going to get enough touches that if you're desperate, you can throw him in your flex or your RB2 spot, but he's not going to actually be good at anything. And he'll probably average like six or seven points. All right, so let me let me uh, ask you both a question. So Corderell Patterson, I do kind of think that we all just kind of cast Corderell Patterson aside in, in draft I, season. I did not do this. Some people, some people derisively just called him a special teamer, which is <laughs> right. <laughs> completely disrespecting what he did it last season. But now that the rubbers hit the road, if you have Corderell Patterson on your roster, um, I don't think you're starting any starting running backs over him, but like, um, is he in a flex consideration for either of you this week against the uh, the Saints defense? Uh, Mike was laughing at my face. I, I was laughing. <laughs> Throw uh, my well, face, man. <laughs> Nothing. I just can't stop staring at it. No. What was the question again? 
Are we going to flex Cordero Patterson this week? Is Cordero Patterson in flex consideration? I, I can't. I, I have no idea what they're going to do with this running back room. Uh, so he can flex himself out, out the door for all I care. <laughs> the only flex in that Cordero Patterson is going to be doing is at Muscle Beach. Folks. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I think I think this running back room, especially against the Saints defense, is one that you kind of want to stay away from. Like uh, we talked about uh, Walker and I did on Wednesday about how starting Isaiah McKenzie was a glory play. That one kind of came through because he got a touchdown. But I think Cordell Patterson legitimately could get more targets than Isaiah McKenzie did because McKenzie got three. But still, at the same time, this could easily be like Damian Harris is the real running back. They mean William. Yeah, Damian Williams. Sorry. Same guy. Uh, They're both bad. Uh, Damian Harris is the God. I did it again. Damian Williams is the quote unquote real running back. They put uh, Cordell Patterson, you know, out wide or in the slot as a wide receiver. And then uh, Marcus Mariota only looks his way like once or twice because everything's going to Kyle Pitts. So it's it's a situation where, you know, I want to wait and see what's going on with this running back room. I, um, I I think if you're in a two running back and flex league that you can consider Cordero Patterson in your flex. I mean, I wouldn't be real comfortable with him as RB2 this week. I mean, I have him yeah. in the FA Experts League, but I'm starting uh, Rashad Penny over him. Um, I If you have a better option, sure, but I have him ranked 25th on the week. You know, I think he'll get enough volume. I think he'll he'll probably get five targets. He will probably get something like 10 carries. So, and he's explosive enough that I think he'll make a couple big plays. You know, you're probably looking at a guy who's going to have three or four catches and at least 60 yards. So decent floor for a flex guy. All right. We're going to play the game. Cordero Patterson or Robert Woods. Patterson. Easy. You know, I'm going to go Robert Woods, actually. All right. Cordero Patterson or Kareem Hunt. Patterson. Hunt. All right, Cordero Patterson or Kadarius Tony. Patterson. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, Cordero Patterson or Tony Pollard. Patterson. Patterson. Cordero Patterson or Cam Akers. <laughs> Cam Akers. He's going to be in your, in your flex, Cordero Patterson, because you didn't put Cam Akers in your flex, did you? On did Thursday you? night, everybody reminded us, don't do it. Um so, all right, and then, uh, Mike, you actually, your win, loser draw are the three other guys other than Alvin Kamara who are really even in consideration for this game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that three is Chris Olave, Kyle Pitts, and Michael Thomas. Lose. Michael Thomas. Just because I think his first game back, he'll struggle a little bit. Draw Chris Olave because I want to draw Chris Olave like one of my French girls. What? <laughs> Pause. And bro. and win Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts will get his first career touchdown in America this weekend against the New Orleans Saints. Kyle Pitts wins, everybody. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the. Uh, I think the expectations are a little too high for Pitts this week, so I'll go with Pitts for the loss. Um, I'll go Olave on the draw and Thomas as the win. All right. Who do we have winning this? Oh, Mike, I forgot to go to you. Oh, yes. Um, so the win, I'm going to go Chris Olave, the draw, Kyle Pitts, and the loss, Michael Thomas. 
All right. So who do we have winning this one? I got Saints. Yeah. Saints. No. No. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Clean sweep Saints. Forgot to say first game. Clean sweep Niners. Unless somebody wants to be contrarian and change their answer right now. No. no. I will not pick the Bears. Pick the Bears. No. Do it. No. All right. Shut All right. Lead. <laughs> Next game up. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Uh, Pittsburgh was nine seven and one last year. Cincinnati was ten and seven. Made their way all the way to the Super Bowl, where they lost forty four and a half point over under. Cincy six and a half point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. Joe Burrow. We all kind of forgot he had an appendectomy and lost a bunch of weight. But T Higgins said he looked normal again. T Higgins returned to practice with a shoulder issue uh, earlier this week. He'd been out with that uh, for the Steelers. Deontay Johnson said he will play this week against the Bengals. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury. He lost his designation, uh, his injury designation uh, for the game. And Mitchell Trubisky will be the starter. And he roasted the hell out of uh, Russell Wilson with a Broncos country. Let's ride in uh, in the oh, I'm sorry, Steelers country. Let's ride um, in his uh, little QB one announcement video thing. So. Uh, my question for this one is, what will the new look Cincinnati, I'm sorry, will the new look Cincinnati offensive line drastically change their play style? And this is something I've been talking about all offseason. Uh, four out of the five offensive linemen are different. Supposedly uh, improvements, though, uh, I think uh, Walker would push back on Alex Kappa. Not a, not a Kappa fan. He's not very good. Yeah. Supposedly, the bulk of the line is better on the whole. Uh, they got... Uh, the left guard, who knows who's it going to be? It's either going to be Jackson Carmen or Cordell Cordell Volson. Uh, then Ted Karras at center, Alex Campa right guard, Lyle Collins at right tackle. But I wrote right uh, right field here. That's not right. He is not playing for the Reds. Um, I'd like to see Lyle Collins in right field. That'd be <laughs> that, that'd be pretty good. That'd be interesting. Uh, the line last year actually had a good run block win rate uh, on ESPN, tenth in the league. Terrible pass block, thirtieth. And that's what people think is going to get improved this year. But middle in, middle of the pack in pass attempts, actually kind of towards the upper end, 56%. They're like on the upper edge of the middle, if that makes sense. Uh, and number 31, pace of play. So people think that all of a sudden that by adding these guys, they're going to improve their pace of play or maybe improve their league leading pass efficiency. Like, I'm not exactly sure what the improvement's going to come from. Is, I guess it's just passing more, but then their efficiency is going to go down. And it's going to kind of even itself out. So my real question is, is uh, is this going to change what the what the Bengals do, this new, new look offensive line? And I don't think it does too much. I think they have to throw more, but not so much more that it's going to, you know, blow the doors off. No, I think what you said is right, that it's uh, the drop in efficiency and the uh, increase in uh attempts they're going to even each other out and i think that it's gonna the stats are going to look pretty similar mike what are your thoughts i know you're a big joe burrow fan this year i I do like joe burrow i i think it depends on how cohesive the line gets that's the number one thing is you're throwing a bunch of players in there but you got to be comfortable with each other you got to know exactly when um, say you're splitting a zone block and when that guard is going to peel off and go upfield and hit the 
linebacker? Do I feel comfortable with that as a tackle, or am I going to lose the defensive end because I'm worried that my guard isn't going to split off in time? So even though there's names that might be better, it doesn't mean that the cohesive unit is going to be there. So it's going to take some time for them to learn each other and, you know, what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Uh, therefore, what I'm looking at is instead of giving nine sacks per game, maybe we'll see five sacks per game. Ooh, like that could be where a lot of it comes from is Joe Burrow doesn't get doesn't lead the league in getting sacked again. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so let's see. Uh, you're starting Najee Harris. You're starting Joe Mixon. There's no question marks there. Uh, Pat Fryer move. Uh, maybe. I mean, Borderline. I, would say, I would say he's a top 12 guy, but he's not a top nine guy. So if you have a better option, sure. But I, if you have Pat Fryer move, you probably don't have a better option. So, I mean, you can play him. I wouldn't expect a huge game. Okay. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I, I, what made Pat Fryermuth so good was the fact that Ben Roethlisberger, when Deontay Johnson was covered, he went to Pat Fryermuth and dumped the ball off. Well, these quarterbacks in this offense is going to go downfield a lot much, a lot more, and there's not just going to be dump off after dump off. So that's really going to affect Pat Fryermuth and his volume. So I'm, yeah, I'm not too excited about. It. I think tight end 12, 14 is is fine. Okay. Um, the other tight end in this game, uh, Hayden Hurst, uh, kind of a streamer only guy in standard leagues right now. Not this week. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pivot off my win loser draw here. Uh, oh, you're going to start Joe Burrow. If we have him, do not start Mitchell Trubisky. Please don't do it. Please don't get cute. Don't do it. Yeah, no, don't, don't do that. There are six wide receivers in this game that were drafted in fantasy leagues. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. I would like you to to rank those six for me in this game. And I will start. I'm going to go, obviously, Jamar Chase first. You drafted him in the first round. I'm going to go... uh, I will go Deontay Johnson two. T. Higgins three, but those two are very close. Then I'm going to go... Tyler Boyd, because I think this game is going to have a lot of growing pains where they figure out Chase Claypool and George Pickens, who are five and six, respectively. So that's Chase, Deontay, T. Higgins, kind of back to back. Tyler Boyd, probably 15, 20 spots behind them. And then Chase Claypool and George Pickens, who I'm not starting, if I can at all help it. So how would you two rank uh, the six receivers in this game? Uh, I have Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson. T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Tyler Boyd, George Pickens. Okay, so Pickens last. Um, how big is the gap between um, Higgins and Claypool? Massive. Massive. Uh, I, yeah. have, I have Higgins. Massive. At, I have Higgins at 16, Claypool at 42. Oh, wowza. Hey, wow, wow, wow. All right, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, overall, Chase, of course. Uh, number two, I'm going to have Higgins. Number three, Deontay Johnson. Four, Tyler Boyd. Five, Chase Claypool. And six, Pickens. Okay, so we all have Pickens last. I think one of the things that was interesting to me was how much 
publicity George Pickens got in the preseason on fantasy Twitter and how little of it had to do with him actually catching a football. Yeah. <laughs> it was just him obliterating guys in, in uh, uh, rushing situations. So I, I think we might have gotten a little over our skis. He was also um, doing what we would probably expect Chase Claypool to do in the regular season. And Chase Claypool wasn't available, but I just want to see how that looks before we um, really feel good about uh, putting either one of those in. Um, we got a clean sweep for Cincy unless somebody wants to change their mind. No, I, the Bengals win. Bengals win. All right, Mike? Hell no. Clean. <laughs> hell no, the Bengals don't win? Or hell, hell no, no. answer. Hell no. I'm not changing my answer for one single thought. Mike's like, I will never change my answer about anything ever. Mike, ever, ever. Mike does crosswords in pen. Yes, I do. That's how much, that's how much, uh, uh, conviction. How certain I am. (laughs) All right. Next game up, uh, Walker's boys. Walker will be at this game. Uh, Yeah. Philly nine and eight last season. Detroit three thirteen and one. Let's get that flipped around. Thirteen three and one for the Detroit Lions. Let's go. Forty eight and a half over under. Philly four point favorites. Injuries in this one. Frank Ragnow center for the Lions is questionable for Week One. Um, that's what I was going to ask if he was going to play. Yeah. Um, good news if you want to stash him. Jamison Williams is apparently ahead of schedule and could quote accelerate his return. Uh, those are the only injury news that I've seen for the Lions. For the Eagles, uh, we have um, a bunch of restructures here. Jason Kelsey, who would be dealing with an elbow issue, um, he got elbow surgery. He said he's ready to go for week one. Um, and Nick Sirianni said he's not concerned, or his concern level is not high, is I guess how he put it, for Miles Sanders' hamstring issue. Um, I guess we'll start there. Are we just going to put Miles Sanders on the shelf for this week? Because I'm not sure what the hell to think about him and his hamstring. Yeah, I'm not interested. Um, I, I, I'm not playing any of the Philly running backs in this game because I just don't know what the what, what it's going to split up as. I mean, I guess if you're desperate, you can throw Gainwell out there as maybe you try to, in the PPR league, try to get some pass catching out of it because the Lions linebackers are not proven at all. Um but, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can trust Miles Sanders this week. All right, Mike, would you start Miles Sanders or Kareem Hunt? Oh, Kareem Hunt, easy. I'm not I'm not um, looking to start, my, especially the hamstring. We know how tricky those hamstrings can be. So even if he's, like, good to go, am I going to really trust that it won't act up during the game? No. So with that said, I, I'd rather go a – I'd go Kareem Hunt even if a full, healthy Miles Sanders is going out there. All right. Um, so, Walker, what's your question for this game? Uh, I'm wondering if Jalen Hurts can punish a defense that's prone to giving up big plays, whether that be with big, long runs or passes down the field. Yes. Next question. Mike? I, I want to see what Aiden Hutchinson can do, um, If he, how well he does. I think I think he, he will, but... I'm I'm excited about Aiden Hutchinson. All right, so you think that uh, Aiden Hutchinson will do enough to make you go, ooh. But, yeah, exactly. But it's still going to be Jalen Hurts out there running around and doing what he does. And I think one of the things that we have to keep in mind, too, is the um, the addition of A.J. Brown. 
Um, you know, because uh, that's they went out, they traded a first round pick for him. They gave him a hundred million dollar contract and they didn't do that. Just keep running the ball at the same pace and rate that they did last year. So I think it'll be really interesting to see um, if this first string Philly offense can um, build on their one drive that they had in the preseason where they were like six for six and ended up with a touchdown after another touchdown got called back and they just uh, put the deluge on the Browns. So I think that um, Jalen Hurts, I think he will be able to punish a def- this defense. Um, I think that it's going to be a little, uh, l- little tough day for the Lions to stop him. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think the Lions will have – I think they'll have a better day than people think they will, uh, especially because there's – well, actually – let me take that back. I was going to say there's the stink of the the three and thirteen and one finish last year, but then there's the hard knocks bump. So I don't think people are underestimating the lines anymore. So uh, I have just talked myself in a whole circle. So I'm going to say um, we're starting DeAndre Swift. Yep. We're starting Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, in most cases, yes. Mike. Uh. I'm I'm saying yes. If you if you drafted on Monrod St. Brown, then you're going to start him. But don't get overly excited about about this situation. It it could be not as good as your people might hope it could be. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, the situation. Don't get excited about it. Or don't get it. Or get excited. That's my yeah. Or get I think excited. it's I think it's time to get excited about it. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's see. Um, so the Eagles running backs you probably want to stay away from. Here we go. So say uh, you have to make this decision for this weekend. Two guys, same position, same range generally. Dallas Goddard or TJ Hawkinson? Goddard. Yeah, I agree, Goddard. Okay. And that's it. I mean, you could have ended up with both of them for like four bucks in a salary cap draft. So that's something that was actually a decision that might be made. So. All right, uh, Mike, or sorry, Walker, who is your win, lose, or draw for this weekend? Uh, we've got Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and DeAndre Swift. Uh, I will go first, and I will say uh, draw Dallas Goddard, uh, just because Dallas Goddard is, like, the most, like, I will get five for 50, and maybe I will score a touchdown, guys, um, out there. And then um, lose, I'm going to go with Devonta Smith just because uh, there will be some growing pains. And I think they're going to try to focus on Goddard and A.J. Brown. And I think that that makes uh, Devonta Smith take a little bit of a backseat. And that means your big winner is Mr. DeAndre Swift. I think a fully healthy DeAndre Swift will be able to catch a bunch of passes um, and uh, finish as, you know, a top 10 running back this week especially against this Lions defense that was fourth in fantasy points allowed to running backs last year. All right, Mike, who's your win-lose? Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, win-lose or draw? I I agree Goddard is the draw here. Uh, He's not going to be explosive, and I don't see him just falling through the face of this earth. So draw. Uh, Devonta Smith, to me, is going to be the win because Jalen Hurts is – going to target him like crazy as much as he's going to be running around he's going to dump that off to the short to intermediate guy i guess it could be gutter but for the most part it's going to be Devonte smith and leaves me just one option and that's 
DeAndre Swift. Um, one of the reasons why I sort of um, avoided drafting DeAndre Swift is because I don't think he's going to catch the ball as much as he did over the last couple seasons. You can't really trust him being healthy, but I think we're going to see uh, frustration among managers because he's not getting the targets that, say, you know, a um, uh, Henderson or um, Zach Moss is getting. Oh, you just meant of guys who have already played. I was like, excuse me? It's like, those yeah. are two teams that do not pass the running back a lot. <laughs> right, exactly. I was sort of okay, being so, joking around, but yeah. So you're expecting closer to like four targets than five or six. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, who wins this one? I got Philly. I got Detroit. Like with the spicy pick. No, I I, <laughs> I don't think Detroit's going to win this game. Uh, I, I Give me the Eagles. The Eagles. I can't have the Eagles being my number one seed and losing in Week One to Detroit. Like I can't. I can't have both those things happen. No, I, um, I think it's going to be a. I, I would guess that it's a good game that Philly kind of just keeps Detroit at arm's length most of the yeah. game. But Detroit is close enough at the end that it looks really competitive. Like it's like twenty eight twenty four or something like that. They score yeah. a last second touchdown after being out twenty eight seventeen the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, they score they score a touchdown and like and then go for two and get it and it's like twenty eight twenty five with forty eight seconds left, but it really wasn't that close. All right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game, which is New England and Miami. Uh, New England finished last year ten and seven. Miami finished last year at nine and eight. Miami got a Boatload of upgrades this offseason. Uh, Mike McDaniel's new head coach. Teron Armstead's the left tackle. Uh, Tyree Kill is the wide receiver. They also got Cedric Wilson and Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. That's everybody, right? Yeah, I think so. That's still a lot. Uh, Jalen Waddell is dealing with a quad issue. He was removed from the week one injury report and will play. Chase Edmonds is dealing with a groin issue. He was also removed from the injury report and expects to play. Uh, Preston Williams is no longer on the roster. Let's go get him out of here. He's terrible. Um, so that's it for Miami for new England. Ty Montgomery is dealing with the knee issue and is questionable for week one. Should be good for Mondre Cause people tend to think that Ty Montgomery is going to get the passing downs role. Jacoby Myers is dealing with a knee issue and is questionable for week one. Uh, right tackle Isaiah Wynn is dealing with a back issue and said he will also play in week one. And uh, this is something you definitely want to hear before you start uh, your first game, which is uh, the Athletics' Chad Graff believes the Patriots could abandon their new offense should they struggle early in the regular season. So, um, personally, I don't want a I don't want a Patriot. But uh, Mike, you want to look a little bit closer at this squad with your question this week? Yeah, I do um, because I, I I do have a feeling that Damian Harris is just the 1A to Ramondre Stevenson 1B, but is that going to be displayed uh, in week one? Or are we going to see just the dominant uh, carries by Damian Harris? Because Bill Belichick, of course, loves to use just sort of one running back, and unless it's throwing the ball to or dump-offs to the passing back. But for the most part, when it comes to running, it's just one guy. But we've seen Ramondre Stevenson, we've seen him, maybe even be better than Damian Harris. So what is this backfield going to look like? Damian Harris completely dominant or is it one A to one B? Walker, what are your thoughts on, on the situation between Harris and, and uh, Ramondre? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close in terms of touches. My guess is that Harris gets a few more carries and Stevenson is probably slightly more involved in the passing game, um, which I would say it's probably going to be pretty even in terms of fantasy points. Um, the safer play most of the time might be Ramondre because he'll get a couple catches a game. Um, but I, I don't think either of these guys are really guys you're looking at playing week one because uh, there's just not really a, any type of certainty as to what the role is going to be one way or the other. Yeah, so I wrote about Damian Harris in the Starter Sit article this week, and uh, despite being in the league for three years in the same division, his first and second career games against Miami were last year, which is kind of weird, just because he was injured most of his first year, and then he was injured at the beginning of last year when they played, and then he was injured at the end of the last year when they played. But um, in the two games last year, uh, week one, uh, before Ramondre Stevenson became really established, it was uh, 23 carries for 100 yards for Damian Harris and two receptions for 17 yards. Now for Ramondre Stevenson, again, I said he wasn't really established, a carry for two yards and a catch for one yard. Uh, they both had a fumble lost in that game. Now you fast forward to the end of the season, um, which I believe this was a week 18 game against Miami. And um, you have uh, Damian Harris getting 11 carries for 37 yards and a touchdown, four catches for 36 yards, which is kind of weird. And then you get Ramondre Stevenson getting four four carries for 34 yards and then two targets for two yards. So um, you also had Brandon Bolden getting in on that game. So it was definitely a situation where as 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 I guess Bill Belichick got more options, Damian Harris was pushed aside because Bolden and Ramondre, if you figure Ramondre gets all of those touches this year, they would have had 11 combined, which is the same as Damian Harris uh, carries and then three receptions. So I think it is going to be a situation where it's going to be really rough to try to feel good about Damian Harris, especially in a PPR league. Because uh, despite me saying, you know, he had four catches in that game, he the Dolphins are the only team that he has more than three catches against in his whole career. Like not like not like in one game, but like all of his games against the Jets. He has three catches <laughs> combined. So um, he doesn't catch the football. And so I just really feel like I can't feel good about playing Damian Harris this week. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. OK, um, let's see. Uh, Jalen Waddle. I would say is an obvious start. Same with Tyree Kill. Uh, if you're in a three wide receiver league, Walker, I will once again, I will turn it over to you to proselytize the good name of Jacoby Myers real quick. Uh, yeah, if you're in a three wide receiver league, you can play Jacoby Myers as your wide receiver three or your flex pretty much every week. He's got an extremely high floor, not a particularly high ceiling, um, but he's a perfect like wide receiver three flex type guy. Okay, Mike, would you rather start Mike Gesicki or Hunter Henry this week? Hunter Henry. That is All right. Correct. That is correct. <laughs> I I don't know why I said it like a game show host. I felt like I had to uh, get some oomph in there. Um, all right, Mike, uh, who is your win, lose, or draw for this game? Win, lose, draw, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, and Jalen Waddle. Walker, uh, I'll let you go first. Win, Jacoby Myers, draw, Jalen Waddle, lost, Damian Harris. I'm going to go lost, Damian Harris, uh, win, Jacoby Myers, draw, Jalen Waddle. 
Uh, basically, I think this is uh, Jacoby Myers is the only guy in the passing game that's really going to do anything this year. So I think uh, he's going to have a big game to start the season because he's the only one that's actually good. Yeah, I agree. I think Jacoby Myers with the win, Jalen Waddle with the draw, and Damian Harris with the L, the big old L on his forehead. Now, hold on. I realize I said he's the only one who's good. He's the only one who will produce. I still believe in Devontae Parker. Okay. I had to get... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's like go on. Devontae to the... Pooper. Oh, Devontae. Pooper. Uh, Devontae Charter. There we go. Uh, all right, I have Miami winning this one. Me too. Uh, I got New England. Woo! Mike loves that that Bill Belichick smile. He's falling for it. <laughs> that hoodie, man. That hoodie. All right, next game up. Baltimore, 8-9, and nine, travels to New York, well, technically New Jersey, where the Jets were 4-13 and 13 last year. It's a 44.5 point over-under. A lot of conservative over-unders this week, I've noticed. Uh, Baltimore, seven-point favorites. Injury in this one. Um, Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson will miss at least the first four weeks of the season, uh, which is, I think, uh, Robert Sala going, hey, uh, Zach, why don't you just take your time? Because think about if like, yeah, think about if like uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert had the same injury, uh, the, the head coach wouldn't go up there and be like, yep, they're going to miss at least four games. It'd be like, well, we'll see. We'll see when we can get him back. But this is uh, Robert Sala going, I would rather start Joe Flacco than than uh, Zach Wilson right now. Uh, he also said that, uh, or, I'm sorry, Michael Fleur said that Michael Carter is the heartbeat of our offense. Are we worried about Brees Hall? No. No, I think no. that's his coach speak. Yeah, I think that I think that's exactly it. You don't spend a second round pick on a guy and then be like, oh, this fourth rounder who is just OK, he's going to get a lot of touches over him. Uh, if Brees Hall struggles in week one, don't even wait for the games to be over. Start sending out offers to the Brees Hall manager. Just go. Yes. Just do it. Just do it right away. Yeah. Low, baby. Yeah, Buy just low. send it. Tell, send him Michael Carter for Brees Hall straight up. <laughs> send him. Send him a yeah, cam for Brees Hall and call it a challenge trade. Just be like, let's go. Uh, Dwayne Brown will not be playing this week. Uh, he's dealing with a shoulder issue. That is, uh, I believe he's there. I don't know what's going on with their tackle situation. He's their left tackle. Okay. Oh, that's right. Makai Becton is gone. That's what that's what was confusing me. Okay. Uh, for the Ravens, uh, J.K. Dobbins is questionable for week one. Uh, Lamar Jackson said, we hope we get him back in a few weeks. I don't particularly care what Lamar Jackson has to say about it. Um, but I don't think we can count on him playing this weekend. Uh, I'm not going to say that he was limping in a video. I don't want him to find this and yell at me, uh, which is what J.K. Dobbins loves to do. Uh, Ronnie Stanley uh, was dealing with an ankle issue, but it looks like he'll be back out there at left tackle this weekend. He returned to practice. Uh, he was listed as doubtful, but he's working his way towards it. Um, Lamar Jackson put a uh, deadline of today for a contract extension. That did not happen. Uh, so he's going to get a ton of money uh, after next offseason, after they tag him So for next year. So, um, all right, in this one, uh, I want to know, this was my question, will the Ravens return to their heavy rushing ways? And this was something that um, I thought that J.K. Dobbins would be playing in this one, uh, which would make this question work. Um, but I do still think it's an interesting question for the Ravens because up until last year, when they lost all basically all their rushers, 
because uh, you figure they lost J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards to start the year. They lost Justice Hill to start the year. Uh, Tyson Williams wasn't it. They were starting Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell and somebody else I'm forgetting. And then they lost Lamar Jackson, so they lost even more rushing. So then that led to them passing the ball 611 times last year. Uh, when in 2020, they passed the ball 406 times. And the year before that, 2019, 440 times. So ideally, what they want to do with their druthers, if they have their druthers, is not pass the ball. Now, they've, they're have they running out of rushing options, but they're also running out of passing options. We're talking about Isaiah Likely, a rookie who we, we, we like, but a rookie tight end as your third passing option. And this is going to save the passing game. Like, that's dire straits. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's Rashad Bateman who hasn't been a number one yet. It's Mark Andrews who did well last year. And then a rookie tight end. I mean, I think if they have it their way, they're just going to keep running the football. So I think that, um, they will return back to their heavy rushing ways, which, you know, they have Kenyon Drake who could still be good. I mean, probably not, but he could still be good. And Mike Davis, who definitely isn't good. So Hill's healthy now. And Justice Hill's healthy now, and maybe J.K. Dobbins will be healthy. So um, it's going to be real rough for the for the uh, Ravens in this one. But luckily, they played the Jets, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, right. I, I would guess that they throw a little bit more this week until Dobbins is fully healthy, and then they go pretty heavy run. Yeah. All right, Mike. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, the wide receivers are... Are we starting Garrett Wilson at all? I'll ask both of you that. Uh, no, I don't think so. It'd have to be a really deep league. Yeah, you're you're looking at four starting four wide receivers if you're looking at starting Garrett Wilson. I I have actually a little bit more faith with Joe Flacco than I do Zach Wilson about Garrett Wilson, but it's just marginal. It's not much. So yeah, he would be wide receiver number four or five on my starting lineup. Okay. Uh, what about Elijah Moore? Um, I I think you can play Elijah Moore as a wide receiver three. Yeah, I have more faith in Elijah Moore than I do um, Garrett Wilson. Okay, and Rashad Bateman. Given where you drafted him, you're going to be starting him, especially yep. against. I mean, the Jets. They did take steps to improve their secondary in the draft, um, but they're still the Jets. I mean, at this right. point, so. You got to see what you can do. Um, do we want to start any? Do we want to start Kenyon Drake this week? No. What about Brees Hall or Michael Carter? Brees Hall, yes. Michael Carter, no. Walker, are we starting Mark Andrews? Yes. Okay, I was just making sure you're paying attention. I am. Uh, you start Lamar Jackson, sit Joe Flacco. All right, win, lose, or draw. Rashad Bateman. Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and you can choose uh, all of them to lose, I guess, except for Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Rashad Bateman win, uh, Michael Carter draw, Elijah Moore loss, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think um, just because the draw goes to Michael Carter for me, because I don't see Michael Carter doing anything, which is exactly what he did all of last year. and then Eliza Moore um, being the loss because no one's going to beat Rashad Bateman out this year. Ooh. Okay. Uh, 
I got this a Baltimore win. Clean sweep for everybody. Yep. Yep. All right. Next one up. Jacksonville travels to Washington to take on the first, the inaugural game of the Washington Commanders. Mike Walker, are both of you ready to take command? I'm ready I'm, to be a commie. <laughs> ready I'm, to I'm, be a commie. I'm always willing to go commando. I mean, go right. for the commanders. We've got we've got uh, two commies and one commando here for uh, for the commanders. Uh, yeah. This is Jacksonville was three and fourteen last year. They picked first for the second time in two seasons. Washington was seven and ten. Uh, over under on this one is forty four points. Washington two and a half point favorites. Uh, for the Jags, uh, Doug Peterson said that James Robinson will be active for week one against the commanders. Here's my thought on that. And I have a feeling both of you will agree. Cam Akers was also active and uh, and uh, did nothing. And yeah. I think that that's likely to happen with James Robinson this week. I Mike? Would, I would think that Robinson will get a few more touches than Akers did, but I don't think it's going to be a ton. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot in this game. So, I, I yeah, I, I don't think that Robinson is going to get enough work to be startable. I agree. I think maybe five to seven carries for Robinson. Uh, I mean, but again, this, this could be what it was, what, what they planned on doing with Robinson last year and ETN. ETN could be the F position, moving him all around the line of scrimmage and trying to find that best opportunity for him to exploit the defense where Robinson's the main ball carrier. But I don't see it. I just think they're going to start it slow. So five to seven carries for Robinson. Okay. Um, all right. So I kind of stole Walker's glory. Sorry, Walker. <laughs> Your question was going to be, what's the backfield split look like for Jacksonville? Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, we, we pretty much talked about it. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I don't know if any running back will get to 10 carries, but I would predict like, yeah, six for Robinson and like nine for ETN and then a couple targets for Robinson and three or four for ETN. So I, I just, I think it's going to be split up in the annoying way where neither of them are super useful for fantasy. Um, if you're going to start one, I would start ETN right now, but I, I think he's more of a flex play than a solid RB2. Okay. And um, on the other side of the ball, the only real injury is Logan Thomas isn't looking like he's going to play. He's off the pup, but uh, uh, Walker, John Bates or uh, Travis Kelsey? Uh, I think I'll go with Kelsey just barely. Just barely. Okay. That's uh, that's Bates Walker's boy. In. John Bates tight end two. Woo. All right. Um, so why don't you give your win, lose or draw? Yeah. Win, lose, draw here is uh James Robinson, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin. I will go first, and I will say James Robinson is a loss. Christian Kirk is going to be a win. I think that this is going to be a big game where he's going to get lots of targets. And Terry McLaurin will be a draw, which will be like four for 72 and a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to go in reverse. I think McLaurin's going to be the win. Um Kirk is going to be the draw and Robinson the loss. Yeah, one thing we forgot to mention was uh, Carson Wentz is there now. Um, So the offense will look drastically different than it did last year. Um, You know, also, Jahan Dotson is there. So that might take away from Jahan. Jahan Dotson. Would you trade Jahan Dotson for Cam Akers? uh, No. Yeah. Uh, Luke, shout out Luke. 
Sawhook is getting mad on Twitter because people will not trade him Cam Akers for garbage. And it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I, I agree with Mike. McLaurin win, Kirk draw, Robinson loss. Um, and just to mention the quarterbacks, if you have to start one in this game, I would pick Lawrence. Um, I'm also picking Jacksonville to win. Uh, real quick, quick question. Christian Kirk or Adam Thielen? Thielen. I'm going to go Christian Kirk. Sorry, Mike. The answer is Adam Thielen. I'm not feeling Thielen. Okay. All right. Christian Kirk or Amari Cooper? Mm, Christian Kirk. Kirk. Kirk, yeah. You're both correct. All right. I am taking Washington to win this one. That's right. I realized I had all the same ones as Walker, and I had to change it so it didn't look like I was just copying Walker. <laughs> so, I, so I had to take the one that I felt the least uh, least good about and uh, switch it over. So let's go Washington. Let's go Manders. Let's go Commies. Time to take command. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. So I mentioned Amari Cooper, and that brings us to our next game. Uh, that is the Cleveland Browns, who are 8-9, the Carolina Panthers, who are 5-12, 42-point over-under, Carolina, one-and-a-half-point home favorites. Injuries in this one, uh, Greedy Williams, cornerback for the Browns, went on IR today. Um, he got too greedy. <laughs> he got too greedy. Folks, that's why they're paying the big bucks. Um, <laughs> Kel- Kellen Mond got uh, claimed off waivers by the Browns, so we might see Kellen Mond at some point in the first 12 weeks of the season. I've seen Kellen Mond. Yeah, I've no seen enough. I've seen enough. Right? Uh, Chris stink. Sims, top five white, or quarterback of the draft last year. Yeah, he thought Kellen Mond was better than Justin Fields. That's right. And he All was right. not Who correct. That? Who do you Chris think? Sims? The guy who's professionally Oh, Chris wrong. Sims. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's professionally incorrect. That's his gig. It's professionally incorrect. I love it. Yeah. All Maybe right. he should work for PFF. Got him. All right. Just, uh... So the fantasy world was shocked this week when Christian McCaffrey was placed on the injury report with a shin injury. Mike, did you see yes. what the shin injury was? Yeah, I saw your comment, and then I'm like, what the hell? So I looked it up, and it was it was just like a cut or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he caught I a mean, cleat. He caught a cleat in the thought, or in the, the calf. Yeah, and I'm so, just like, oh, God, yeah. here we go again with PFF trying to get click. It's like you, like, lead the industry. You got, like, professionals working for you, and you, you have to be this. clickbaitish. Yeah, it's so stupid. All right. So, you know what else uh, is stupid? This game. Like, yeah, this game stink. is garbage. I was going to ask here. Let me let me make this real easy. Um, we got Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Anybody else we playing in this game? Uh, not if I can help it. Mike. Uh, are we doing what? I said Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Is there anybody else in this game you're playing? No. Exactly. All right. My question was, is the Jake Brisket offense really going to be that terrible? Short answer is yes. Long answer is yes, but not as bad as you think. Mike, when when did Jake Brisket last start for uh, an NFL team? Uh, Last season. Oh, I mean for an extended period of time. When was he last the starter? Well, that was 2018, I believe. 19 with your 19. Indianapolis Colts. Right. So I looked at, so he suffered an MCL injury in week eight. I'm sorry, uh, week nine, 
five plays into week nine. And um, <clears throat> Nick Sirianni, I looked into it. He said that he can't hit his drop back correctly. So he says, yeah, we have to change what we're doing this year because of that. Um, he said when he, you know, when he get the, the, his back foot down for his drop, you could see it was kind of uh, ginger and, and tender. So in the first six games of the season for the Cincinnati, or I'm sorry, for the Indianapolis Colts, he threw two, three, two, three, zero, and four touchdowns yeah. when he wasn't hurt. Before his MCL sprain, he averaged 227 passing yards per game in seven games with 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. Marlon Mack averaged 13.8 PPR points per game. T.Y. Hilton averaged 16.3. Mm-hmm. Granted, that Colts offense was very focused. It wasn't like this Browns team that has, you know, Cooper and Bell and Joku and Hunt and Chubb. A lot of guys where the ball can go. But I think, you know, we want to see what happens first. But I think we can squeeze some value out of this Jake Brisket offense. I just don't think it's going to be that much. I think it's going to be distributed around. So, yes, it's going to be terrible, but it's going to be better than people think. That's my takeaway from from my research for this one. I mean, also, they're going to get shellacked by the Carolina Panthers, who probably are going to pick top five. Yeah, probably. It's, yeah, it's going to be a weird one. Um, I, I, there's a lot of adjustments Cleveland's having to make. And, yeah, I expect Carolina to win this game. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not really very interested in the Browns offense this year. I mean, if you can get Nick Chubb for a reasonable price, then sure. Kareem Hunt will be fine. But Amari Cooper's probably going to disappoint. David Bell is going to be better than people think, but not super fantasy relevant in year one. Uh, maybe Njoku like sneaks into the back end of the top 12 on like PPR points, but I don't think, again, he's not going to be like a game changer. So, yeah, it's not super, uh, I'm not super interested. David Njoku or Cole Komet? Who are we starting this week? Komet. This week, Komet, yeah. All right. Um, we have this as a Carolina clean sweep. All right, the next game up, and this is going to sound completely organic because this definitely isn't the second time I'm saying this. <laughs> uh, Colts and Texans. Colts 9-8 and eight, travel to Houston, who is 4-13. and 45.5 point under, over under. Indianapolis, 7-point favorites. Hey, Walker, do you know what I'm calling this game? No, Jeff, what are you calling this game? <laughs> I'm calling this game the battle for Mike's heart. Mike's favorite team against Davis Mills, his favorite quarterback. Oh, that uh, is great. That's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> All right. Injuries in this one. Shaq Leonard dealing with the back issue will not be playing in this game. Nobody tell Kev that Royce Freeman got cut. And I think that's it because I'm not pulling that back up because this is the <laughs> second time we're doing this. Mike, new look Colts offense. They got what's his face? The guy from Atlanta. He looks like a serial killer. Matt Ryan. Uh, they Matty got ice. Matt Ryan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Matty Ice. He's, he's ice cold. He just, he feels nothing. They call him they call him Matty Ice because uh, after he kills people, he keeps them in a a, a, a cold storage. Yeah, locker, you really you really nailed that one, Jeff. Got it. <laughs> Mike, your question is: How will Naheem Hines be used in this offense with Matt Ryan? Correct. So what we saw. With Philip Rivers was Naheem Hines being, I think, an RV 35 or somewhere around there. Um, and then 
Carson Wentz showed up and Naeem Mines disappeared off the face of the earth. So will will this change with Matt Ryan? Are we going to see the same kind of situation we saw with Philip Rivers, or are we going to see you know the same situation we saw with Carson Wentz? I'm leaning towards more as a Philip Rivers, but how much more, how, how much more of a like is this going to be with Matt Ryan or as Jonathan Taylor has taken over so much? Because at that time, we got to remember that Jonathan Taylor was just a rookie. Um, or is Jonathan Taylor going to take over so much that it's still going to push Naheem Hines' production backwards? So personally, uh, I think that I don't know how much more they can give Jonathan Taylor. Like he had like 372 touches. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, around there. Yeah. My guess is he'll probably get a similar amount of carries and a few more targets here or there. Um, but yeah, I think Hines will have a role and I think it'll be more like the Phillip Rivers type role because Matt Ryan is a quarterback who is good at throwing to his running backs, whereas Carson Wentz is a quarterback who is bad at throwing to his running backs. So I, I just yeah, I, I expect uh I expect Hines to have a fantasy relevant season. I wouldn't say he's in every yeah. week play or anything like that, but yeah. Oh, sorry. I lost you for a sec there. Um, yeah, Carson Wentz loves to scramble for like a yard and a half instead of dumping it off to his uh, his uh, running back. But like Matt Ryan gave, you know, like 70 targets to Cordell Patterson last season and like 70 targets to Devonta Freeman a few years ago. And, you know, probably 70 targets again a few years before that to uh, um, Devonta Freeman. He loves targeting running backs. So I think that Naheem Hines will have a decent role this year, but I think he's going to be more of a flex play um, after we see how things kind of sort out, because it could be a situation where they do just, they do just go Christian McCaffrey mode on Jonathan Taylor and just give him a zillion targets, in which case Naheem Hines isn't going to do much, but the coaches have indicated that that's not their plan for this season. I hope so, because I don't want to see Jonathan Taylor out of this league in like five years, just because they gave him the ball. 500 times. I would like to see what a running back getting the ball 500 times is like. That'd be cool. I mean, actually, it was called Taylor. the first half of uh, Derrick Henry's season last year. Yeah, right. All right. Um, so, Michael Pittman's a must start. Uh, Matt Ryan or Davis Mills, who are we starting this week? Ryan. Mike can't you know, this is I this can't. is like an actual Sophie's choice. People use that like Mike, Mike's got to choose between his two kids. Yeah, or like between my wisdom and my front tooth or something. I don't know. Um, this is painful. I I think I'm gonna go with Davis Mills on this just because the, Col- the Colts are gonna be so far ahead that they're they're just gonna have to throw. Where the Colts because they're so far ahead they're gonna be running the ball. Therefore. Um, the damage is going to have to be done early with Matt Ryan. I just don't see it. So Davis Mills, um, production-wise, fantasy production-wise, is going to have the better game. Okay. In this game, are we going to, in a PPR league, are we going to start Damian Pierce? Or, let's see, I'm trying to see two guys you probably were able to draft as flexes. Damian Pierce or Naheem Hines? I would go with Pierce. I would go with Pierce, too, just because he's going to be a high-volume um, type of player. And if we see Zach Moss catches 
catching passes. That gives me all the hope in the world for Damian Pierce. Zach Moss catching passes is the uh, uh, just rushing quarter or running back equivalent of uh, Josh Allen suddenly being like, oh, maybe Daniel Jones can be Josh Allen. It's like, oh, maybe Damian Pierce can start catching passes like Zach Moss. Walker, <laughs> give him the stat. That made me literally laugh out loud. About oh, Damian yeah. Uh, Damian Pierce had a lower college target share than Kenneth Walker. Woo, let's go. Wow, that's crazy. It is. Yeah. Yeah, people love to talk about how Kenneth Walker didn't catch the ball, and they're like, well, maybe Damian Pierce can catch the ball. And it's like, you're using the same data to say opposite things. Right. Stop it. All right. Um, and, of course, Brandon Cooks must start. Michael Pittman must start. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Mike's win, loser, draw. Damian Pierce, Naheem Hines, or Brandon Cooks? Um, I'm going to go with... Naheem Hines loss this week. Damian Pierce draw. Brandon Cooks win. I'm going to go Naheem Hines draw. Damian Pierce loss. Brandon Cooks win. I didn't ask my own question. In a PPR league, I would start Naheem Hines over Damian Pierce. But you asked it. No, I said I didn't answer it. But oh, I kind of swallow- yeah. swallowed my word. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I, because uh, the Colts are really freaking good at stopping the run, and the Texans are not really freaking good at stopping uh, running backs or anything. Or anything, and so I think you know Naeem Hines could get a bunch of dump offs. It sounded like they wanted to get him involved. Also, if the Colts are up big in the second half, are they going to run Jonathan Taylor into the ground, or are they going to go to their backup, who at this point is just Naeem Hines, basically? Like Naheem Hines and Jonathan Williams. Like they're gonna go they're gonna give Naheem Hines a bunch of touches. And I think in a PPR league, I would go Naheem Hines. In a standard storing league, I'll go Damian Pierce. That's called saddling the fence. Uh, this guy's got fence posts right up in there. <laughs> right <laughs> up in there. Giving giving me the exam of the prostate. All right. Um we got up in there, team. up in there. <laughs> Is that, is that DMX, Mike? Yeah, exactly. It was. <laughs> Y'all don't make me put a fence up, up in there. All right. Uh, we got Colts clean sweep on the victories. Uh, sure. Next game, first afternoon game, Giants at Tennessee. Giants are 4-13, and 13, Tennessee 12-5. and five. This is a 43.5 point over under. Tennessee 5.5 point favorites. Injuries in this one, uh, rookie edge, Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau for the Giants is doubtful for week one. Uh, Sterling Shepard dealing with an Achilles was removed for the injury report and will play against the Titans. Sure, buddy. Let's see how that works out for you. Um, and that's it for the Giants. They did a bunch of contract restructuring. That doesn't matter. All right. For the Tennessee Titans, um, Amani Hooker got an extension. Uh, the Titans, quote, have a major role plan for Traylon Burks and probably the biggest, most impactful injury. Harold Landry tore his ACL. will miss the season. That's not a guy we're going to play because he's, you know, defensive side of the ball. But he's an impactful player on that defense. So uh, in this one, Walker, what would you like to talk about? Uh, the question is, will Traylon Burks and Kadarius Tony get off to hot starts to their seasons? I believe that Kadarius Tony will get off to a hot start. 
I also think that Wandale Robinson gets off to a hard start because uh, the Titans were really, really, really bad against wide receivers last year. Granted, they drafted uh, uh, Roger McCreary. Yeah, but McCreary's like undersized and they want to put him in the slot, but he played like one tenth of his snaps in the slot. He's good. He's good, but it's like, I don't know what what they're going to do with him. Like, are they going to put him on Tony on the outside or are they going to stick him in the slot where he's never played on Wandale Robinson? I mean, I don't think it matters. I think he'll do well either way because sure, Tony that, Tony's not a big guy. Sure, but that matters for who is going to pop off in this game. Oh, uh, I mean, they'll probably put him in the slot because that's what NFL teams do. So my guess is that Tony has a better game than Robinson. Okay, yeah, I think that's what it ultimately comes down to is where they put McCreary. That's fair. Yeah, because um, Tony and Wandale are basically the same, and... If they put him in the slot, it will uh, shore up a big problem that they had last year, which is they allowed uh, 435 fantasy points to slot receivers last year, which is more than a, which is about a point per game more than the second place team, the Vikings. Wow. Like they were dreadful against slot receivers last year. Also, uh, new head coach Brian Dable, coach Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley ran the fifth most routes in the slot last year, so somebody's gonna be running a bunch of slot routes, and if McCreary follows Tony outside and Wandale Robinson in the slot. Wandale Robinson will have a big game and vice versa. I don't think they're going to put Wandale Robinson outside, but they could put McCreary into the slot, despite the fact they didn't play much in the slot in college. So I think that that's what it comes down to. Uh, if Burks or if Tony gets off to a hot start or not. Burks will, because the giants are really bad and he's really good. Yeah, that I agree with. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? I'm hoping they both do. Um, And then I'm also hoping that Kadarius Tony can keep his cool this season. Um, So I'm wishing both both really because they're going to be fun. Kadarius Tony is just so athletic. So, um, Mike, name a second game that he got thrown out of for fighting. See, you can't (laughs) because he was hurt all year. Uh, yeah, he's not definitely not punching players for no for no reason whatsoever. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, I, I, I think I think they will try. I think they were going to really try to get these guys to off to a hot start. Will that happen? We'll see. All right. Um, Walker, who's your win, loser, draw for this one? I uh, went with a couple of heavy hitters and a more under the radar guy. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Robert Woods. Derrick Henry, win. Because he's Derrick Henry. Actually, Derrick Henry, draw, because he's Derrick Henry. So he's going to get 30 carries for 125 yards. Uh, Saquon Barkley, win, because he's going to get 11 targets. And Robert Woods, loss, because this offense can really only support one wide receiver. And both Burks and Woods can't pop off in the same game. Yep, I, I agree completely with that. See, I think it's going to be Woods that's going to pop off, so he's going to get the win. I like Henry as a draw, as Jeff was saying. He's just going to be Derrick Henry. And then Barkley, unfortunately, is going to get a loss, but that's only by a matter of drawing the shortest straw, not based on talent, because as we've been talking pretty much offseason, Saquon Barkley is going to have – he's going to bounce back. He's going to be looking like he did his rookie year. Yeah. Um, 
Robert Woods or Kadarius Tony? Who are you starting? Tony. I'm gonna go Robert Woods. All right. Um, Nick Westbrook, Akina, or uh, Darius Tony? Shut up. <laughs> Kadarius Tony. Nick A-T. Westbrook, Akina, or uh, Darius Slayton? Uh, I like I'd Akina. Go with, I, I'd go with Westbrook, Akina on that one. I like Ooh, Akina. All right. Tennessee, clean sweep on the prediction. Correct, yes. Next game up, Packers at Minnesota. Packers were 13-4 and four and just got absolutely embarrassed by the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. Minnesota 8-9 and nine last year, uh, 47 How, points. How'd the next game go for the 49ers? Ooh. Uh, they lost. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you're welcome. Because uh, Jaquiski Tart dropped a t- uh, dropped a pick. Uh, He's no longer on the 49ers. Uh, he'll be back. Got his ass. Flo- He's floating out there. Jimmy <laughs> Ward's Jimmy Ward's on the IR and Jaquiski Tart's floating around out there. He'll be back. Uh, I miss Bay. I miss good old Pop. Tart. I know. I was I was I was letting you sit in it. Green Bay, one and a half point favorites, forty-seven point over under. Uh, injuries in this one. Alan Lazard is doubtful with an ankle issue, and uh, um, Mike Lafleur, Matt Lafleur. I always get my Lafleurs mixed up. Uh, that's Matt. Matt Lafleur was real cagey about if Christian Watson was going to play this week. Um, so guys, week one, Sammy's in play. Let's go. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's probably going to be. It's going to be Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, and Romeo Dubs as the three starters, I guess. So Romeo, Romeo Dubs is going to get like four targets, three catches, 13 yards, and two touchdowns. It's going to be super annoying. Yeah, but Sammy Watkins is almost assuredly going to be the number one receiver for Green Bay in this game. So, yeah, I think you can probably play week one Sammy. Week one Sammy. All right. Big Bob Tunyon, who uh, tore his ACL last year. He's off the injury report. Um, he will play this week. I think he's kind of a sneaky uh, streaming tight end if you're desperate. Um, I would not recommend it, but I think he's kind of sneaky. Uh, and then uh, David Bakhtiari, uh, who uh, has dealt with a long-term knee injury, tore, uh, I believe he tore his ACL last year. He's looking like uh, he is questionable, and it's looking like he's going to play for this week, so he'll make his way back. Uh, Irv Smith for the Vikings was not uh, listed on the injury report. He had broken his thumb in the preseason. Uh, he is expected to play in week one. That is the only injury, unless you count David Blau now being a Minnesota Viking as a, as a injury. More like David Blight on the franchise. All right, Mike, you want to know about uh, A.J. Dillon. I do. Um, and I'm just curious on, is A.J. Dillon going to take another step into Aaron Jones' production? Or are we going to see similar type things as we saw last year where Aaron Jones is definitely the bulkhead of, of the running backs, but AJ Dillon still getting, you know, a lot of carries and being sort of a factor in this offense. So um, I was listening to the lateral podcast, uh, shout out Herm, shout out McLateral, and they had Justin Henry on. Um, and uh, the three of them uh, also shout out Justin Henry. I was on his podcast uh, last week. Uh, they were talking about how in the second half of the year, um, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones were kind of closer in terms of uh, touches than you would expect uh, after the uh, Aaron Jones missed the Minnesota game with an injury. So uh, mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon had more rush attempts uh, after the injury. He had 13 to Aaron Jones's nine and a half. 
Um, and he had two receptions to Aaron Jones's three. Uh, Aaron Jones had about 70 yards per game, and uh, A.J. Dillon had like 68 yards per game. So it was definitely a situation where they were very close after Aaron Jones's injury. But you have to ask yourself, was that because Aaron Jones was an injury or because of a changing of the guard? So I, my answer to this is good question, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> Walker, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I think he's a 1B, um, but I, I do think Jones is still the 1A. I think that Jones is a like a fringe top 10 running back, and Dylan is more of like a mid to low end RB2. Can you start both of them? Yeah. Mike? Yeah, I think you can. I really do. Um, I would base it on, I don't know if I'd go out there in week one with this and, and do it, but I think you're if you're in a bind or a little bit of a bind, you can absolutely do it. But I want to see how it kind of plays out. So if you're luxurious, um, I would go with Aaron Jones and then hold off on, on A.J. Dillon until we see how it actually splits out to be after week one. Okay. Uh, Dalvin Cooks must start. Uh, um, Justin Jefferson must start. Um, Adam Thielen or Sammy Watkins this week? Thielen. Thielen. All right. Uh, Adam Thielen or anybody on Green Bay? I mean, I would start Aaron Jones over Adam Thielen. Okay. Any wide receiver? No, uh, Thielen over all of them. Okay. Uh, Mike, Thielen or A.J. Dillon? Thielen. Dillon. Walker. Okay, so there we go. We have a difference. All right. Um, Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers? Cousins. Kirk Cousins or... Oh, Kirk Cousins, yes. I agree. What a world we've come to. Uh, I would I personally I would take uh, the guy throwing to Justin Jefferson, who's a yards machine, and Adam Thielen, who's a touchdown machine, over a guy throwing to Sammy Watkins on his sixth team. Is that uh, right? Fourth, I thought. Bills, Rams, Chiefs, Chiefs, Ravens. Oh yeah, he was on the Ravens. So fifth. Fifth team, yeah. Yeah, so on his fifth team. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Randall Cobb, whose best years are like half four years ago, ago, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take Kirk Cousins. Uh, win, lose or draw for Mike. Who's your we kind of already talked about it a little bit. A little bit. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen. I'm going to uh, go. Uh, I guess I'll go with a loss for Thielen. I'll say he doesn't score a touchdown. Um draw for Rodgers, win for Cousins. I'm going to go loss for Rodgers because uh, he's going to be lost on the football field without Devontae Adams. Nailed it. I'm going to go draw for Adam Thielen because he will score a touchdown. And that's all he does is he just scores touchdowns. And that means the big winner, because it's only at 125, not a primetime game, is Captain Kirk Cousins. But the Green Bay Packers prevail uh, because I think their defense will carry the day. So give me the Packers. I'm taking the Vikings. Yeah, I'm also taking the Packers. That was this one was a really tough game for me. I went back and it forth was. on it, but I just ended up going with the Packers. Yeah, um, I think this is. I, I went back and forth on this one as well. So, all right, this next game I did not go back and forth on. 
Kansas City, 12 and 5. They travel to Arizona, 11 and 6. 53 and a half point over under. KC, six and Jeez. a half point favorites. That means the implied score for Kansas wow. City is carry the one, 75 points. I think that's right. Uh, uh, it's 30 check. points. Nope, nope, this is a no fact check podcast. <laughs> uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. JJ Watt is questionable for week one with a lower body injury. This time it's a calf. Uh, Trayvon Mullen, uh, who they traded for, is out for week one uh, with a toe issue. Uh, Rondell Moore is also out for this one. There was just a very high-pitched thing that just happened, and so my dog started barking. Uh, Rondell Moore is out for this one with a hamstring issue. Zach Ertz is a true questionable against the Chiefs. So if you're an Ertz boy like myself, get yourself a pivot. I got myself a Gerald Everett that's going on uh, Monday Night Football. So that'll work out well for me. Um... For the Chiefs, uh, Juju is practicing in full, and he lost his injury designation on his knee. Uh, Blake Bell went on injured reserve with a hip issue. Rest in peace, Belldozer. Uh, and they waved Cornell Powell. They waved Corn Pop, guys. Wow. It happened. That's sad. That's right. sad. So in this game, Walker, you want to see about the wide receivers that were formerly in the AFC North and now are both in new places. Yeah, I want to see if Marquise Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster can stand out from the rest of the receiving cores on their teams. I personally think they are absolutely going to. Um, I I think that Smith-Schuster is much better than the rest of the wide receivers on Kansas City, uh, and Brown is much better than the rest of the wide receivers that are currently playing in Arizona. So uh, I think it's going to be a big game for both guys. All right. um, I... Also, Gary, I think that Juju is gonna going to make us all go, oh, yeah, he was obviously going to be the wide receiver one. Like, that's the thing that makes the most sense. And then Hollywood Brown's going to take advantage of no Rondell Moore, no um, Duke Hopkins, a hobbled Zacher. Like, yeah, Marquise Brown might get, like, 13 targets in this game. You know who else might get a lot of targets? Uh... I'll give you a hint. You pilled me. Oh, Daryl Williams? No, I don't think so. Yeah, he will. Daryl Williams, 13,000 targets. All right, Mike, what are your thoughts on <laughs> on Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquise Brown? I do agree that uh, they're, they're probably going to be looked to be targeted, but because Marquise Brown is more of a deep threat, he's those options, and it, he'll get the targets, but catching the ball and stuff like that is going to be less than what Juju Smith-Schuster does uh so point wise i'll i would take juju smith schuster but i i think both of them are going to stand out just in different ways where kansas city offense and smith schuster and him being targeted in that short to immediate range and getting those dump offs and those kind of things especially with the the offense being so explosive and then marquise brown probably will catch at least one deep deep ball which is always fun to see so i think they will both stand out just in different ways okay um other than juju is there a uh or sorry other than juju and hollywood is there a wide receiver you're starting in this game um no see i want to start rondell moore because i think rondell moore actually he's He's hurt oh Oh, he's hurt? Yeah, yeah, he's out. Well, then... Thanks for listening, yeah. Mike. I never listen to those things. All right, that's fair. All right, so Walker says there's no wide receivers they want to start. 
So why did you give us this saw-ass win-loser-draw of A.J. Green, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and Nicole Hardman? Because I wanted to annoy you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A.J. Green will be the win because, I mean, A.J. Green had like 800 yards last year, so he can... He's still a guy who will get you like 65 yards. Uh, MVS will be the draw because MVS will have two catches for 40 yards and a drop. And Nicole Hardman is lose because he's a freaking loser. You heard me, Nicole? You a loser. Wow. Mike? Uh, wow. This is kind of tough because uh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. And they're all kind of the same player. Uh, I'm going to go win, MVS, draw, AJ Green, and loss. Because he's a loser. A loser, McCoy Hardman. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give Hardman the loss, MVS the draw, and Green the win. And I'll give Kansas City the win in the game. Same here. Yeah, Kansas City should blow them out. All right, so... Next game up is a rematch of the very last uh, game of the season last year. Uh, Well, regular season. Las Vegas Raiders travel to Los Angeles and uh, to play the Chargers. Uh, Raiders were 10 and 7. Chargers were 9 and 8. 52 point over under. Charger three point favorites. Uh, Injuries. Donald Parham is doubtful for week one with a hamstring issue. Uh, Chargers cornerback J.C. Jackson is doubtful for week one against the Raiders. I think that will be very impactful. And Isaiah Spiller practiced fully on Wednesday. I don't think that will be at all impactful. Uh, For the Raiders. uh, Oh, this just happened. Darren Waller got a big extension. Five years, $62 million. So I think his hamstring. Wow, they're locking up everybody. I think his hamstring will be okay for this one. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) And uh, that's it. Uh, no injuries for the Raiders other than uh, Darren Waller's uh, I want a contractitis, which is uh, resolved. So, um, Mike, you wanted to talk about, uh, I think the big question in this game that everybody has is your question for this one. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, is Devontae Adams and Derek Carr going to be Fresno State synchronized? Um, I'm going to say not quite yet. Um, but I think that he'll get so many targets without JC Jackson playing that it won't really matter for fantasy. Like, I think he'll catch, he'll get like 14 targets in this game and he'll catch like eight of them for 95 yards and a touchdown. And so he'll still be really productive, even if he's not super efficient yet. So, um, I think it'll get to that point. I don't think it will be right away, but I still think he'll be good for fantasy regardless. Yeah, so I wrote I, I there's a new series of articles that I'm that I'm writing every week, which is uh, things that might happen this weekend that you shouldn't be worried about. And uh, when I thought J.C. Jackson was going to play, it was uh, Devontae Adams doesn't light up the Chargers. Um, I'm no longer worried about that as a thing that might happen. I think it's going to be, you know, he's going to get 11, 12, 13. And, you know, he's good enough that uh, he will get, you know, yards and at least one touchdown off of that and um they will get that connection back in a hurry my only concern is they didn't play in the preseason in any games together minor concern as mike mentioned they were college teammates another minor another concern with that they were college teammates during barack obama's administration so it was a while ago um but they should be able to get it back within the next month or so 
So yes, I would start Devonte Adams. Yes, I, I think I think they're even if it's not to that level, they're going. Devonte Adams is going to be targeted like, you know, a ton. All right, so um, let's see. Must starts in this one. Uh, Herbie, Eckler, Fonte, Mike Williams. Mike Williams a must start? Uh, must start, no, but should start, yes. Okay, Keenan Allen? Must start. All right, uh, Darren Waller? Yeah, you got to start him. Yeah, he got, he got his contract. Should start him. Um, what about Hunter Renfro? I think that's yep. a big question. I think you start everyone that is a possible stud kind of player. Mike, Mike Williams, the Hunter Renfro's uh, in this Everett. game. Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Definitely a must stud. Um, Gerald Everett. You know, um, everybody. Just throw them all in there. Because this isn't going to be an explosive game. Uh, all righty. Uh, Mike wants to know, uh, win, lose, or draw. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, and Herbie. Justin Herbert. Herbie. Um, I'm going to go with draw because Josh Jacobs is the same player every single game. Just every single game, he's the same player. Yeah, pretty much. He'll have, he'll have 16 carries for 65 yards and three catches for 20 yards. Yep, that is the Josh Jacobs special. Um, that's the draw, Austin Eckler is the loss only because I have to pick one between Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert, and I think Justin Herbert's going to score a touchdown. Granted, I also think Austin Eckler is going to get two, but what do you, what yeah. are you going to do there? I, uh, I have Herbert as the win because I have him as my number one quarterback on the week. Um, I'll go with I'll go with Eckler on the draw, and I'll say Jacobs gets the loss. Just I'll say he doesn't score, and he only has like 10 points then. Here lies Josh Jacobs. He never scored. <laughs> the the, the uh, Beavis and Butthead. All right. Uh, I got the Chargers winning this one. I agree. I got the Raiders. I got the Chargers because much like the Eagles, I can't have them going as far as I have them going, which is Super Bowl champions, mind you, and have them losing in week one. Just can't have it. <laughs> All right. Sunday night football. Um, Tampa Bay, who was 13 and four last year, travels to Dallas, who was 12 and five, 50 point over under. Tampa Bay, two and a half point favorites. And uh, injuries in this one uh, Russell Gage for the Buccaneers is questionable with a hamstring issue. Chris Godwin is a game time decision for his knee injury. We're going to come back to that in a second. Uh, for the Cowboys, Michael Gallup has been ruled out in this game. Um, they also have no concern about Dak Prescott's ankle, uh, which cost him some time in practice this week because uh, his shoes like weren't fitting right and he twisted his ankle. So great. Um, and then uh, Jason Peters is going to be a left tackle for Cowboys. So Chris Godwin <clears throat> coming back from injury game time decision. Can we or should we sorry, should we look somewhere else because our pivots in this game you're looking at this game and the next game. So you're looking at realistically Jalen Tolbert, one of the Bucks guys, whether it be Gage or Julio. Uh, you're looking at maybe Rashad Penny if you throw him in the flex, Melvin Gordon or Tony Pollard. Like 
should we just look elsewhere rather than worry about one of these pivots for Chris Godwin? Yeah, I'm not going to play Chris Godwin this week. I, I I don't I don't trust it. I don't think he's going to play. And even if he does, I don't think he's going to play much. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking elsewhere for sure. Yeah, I I I don't trust it. I can't not not at this point. Maybe uh, next week or week three, I'd feel more confident, but not week one. Okay. Um, my question for this game was: Is this the beginning of the end for Tom Brady? Uh, took some time off in camp, which was weird. Offensive line has a ton of question marks. Wide receiver court has a ton of question marks. And yet, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't think this is the beginning of the end for Touchdown Tom. I will never count out Touchdown Tom. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think he's probably going to throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns or three touchdowns and look normal. Yeah, I, I don't. He, he's going to have a little. He's going to be a little off. Uh, but he's, he's still just. Uh, I'd say he has about two years left if he plays two years, um, it's going to take like a Steve Young kind of situation for him to be the end of Tom Brady. But if it's a Peyton Manning situation? No, nah, he's not going to be that bad. Where his forehead gets really big? Yeah, his <laughs> forehead gets huge. Um, no, nah, he's not going to be, he's not going to be that awful. No. All right, fine. Um, I mean, this, this is a game. Or honestly, I feel like, you know, other than the Chris Godwin thing that we talked about, if you have a guy that you want to start in this game, you should probably be starting. Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, yes. Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Uh, please don't be stupid and pick up Kyle Rudolph and Cam Brake. But, um, you know, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. It's just like a st- start all bucks, start all, all cowboys. If you- I, yeah. I do think that one of the tight ends will be uh... – that uh, Cameron, well, whether it's Cameron Brake or Kyle Rudolph, I think one of them will. The problem is, is just the inconsistency. Yeah, I feel like one week it's going to be, you know, one week it'll be Rudolph catches the touchdown, the next week it'll be Brake catches the touchdown. You'll just never know which one to play, and they're not high yes. enough volume to matter much otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, that's the only problem is, yeah, it, I'm sure one of them will do something, but the question is who. That's that's the big problem. Um, and it might be Aid Cotton. Aid Cotton? Hmm. Cotton Aid? Cotton Aid. Yeah, imagine drinking, like, Gatorade with cotton in it. <laughs> sounds, sounds really bad. Why yeah, that sounds that? counterproductive. <laughs> Why would they sell that? That doesn't make sense. All right, last game. Oh, sorry, I got Tampa Bay winning this one. I also have Tampa Bay winning. I got Dallas. There's, look at this guy. He loves the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboy fan team. for life. America's team. All right. Ready for uh, the, the last game of the of the week? This one yeah. is going to be a shellacking. Uh, Russell Wilson gets his uh, revenge game immediately. Uh, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. Uh, with Denver, they're both seven and ten last year. Forty-four and a half point over/under. Denver six and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one. Um, uh, KJ Hamler limited in practice with a knee, hip, and ACL recovery. Uh, please do not start him. Uh, Albert O expects to play for Week One. He's dealing with some lower body issues. Russell Wilson got a big contract extension. 
Um, Greg Dulcich is on IR. And here you go. Check this out, Javante Heads. Uh, speaking Friday, Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett said he's a, quote, true believer and you want to roll with a hot hand, quote, when discussing the running back situation between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Quote, one guy gets going and you want to make sure to keep feeding that person, but I think they're going to be great compliments to each other. So, again, Javante Heads, you're not going to like what you find. Nope. nope. Although, I will say, I will say, Javante Williams heads they have been way more reasonable about touch distribution this offseason than Cam. like they're like yeah i mean melvin gordon's there will probably get a bunch of touches but i really believe in melvin gordon or uh, javante williams talent it's like how are you more reasonable than the cam makers heads because they have a they have more of an actual case than the cam yeah. makers people did yeah they have an actual like well javante williams is really good so i believe in that not like no uh sean mcveigh uh he he loves Cam Akers. He's in love with him. He wants to marry him. So he's gonna uh, he's gonna give him a lot of touches. So uh, that's that that's that's why he's gonna that's why he's gonna touch the ball. Right. So, anyways, um, my uh, Walker's question for this one: uh, Who's Denver's wide receiver? One? That's a tough question. Um, I'm going I'm gonna go with Cortland Sutton at this point. I'm hoping Jerry Judy can actually do something. That'd be like significant um and really cool because jerry judy is such an excellent route runner but until he does i don't have any faith in him so Cortland sutton is is the guy uh i don't think it's a hard question at all i think there's only been one wide receiver on this team who's done diddly squat diddly poo in the nfl and that's uh Cortland sutton he's also the one that's been getting all the publicity in camp he's also the one that's um you know not had questions about his ability, about, you know, what he's trying to do in the NFL. He's the one who knows what he wants to do. And, and I think that it's Cortland Sutton. Granted, could Jerry Judy have 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah, that can happen. I, that, could all, that could happen. But I still think Cortland Sutton's going to be the wide receiver one there because um, he could have, you know, he could have 1,200 yards and, and seven touchdowns, but he has 30 more catches than, than um, Jerry Judy. So... That's yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think it's Sutton as of right now. Um, I, I just, I think it's the question that a lot of people want to know the answer to. Um, mm-hmm. it's very fancy, very fantasy relevant query. And, uh, but yeah, I, this, it's this podcast's position that Cortland Sutton's the guy, at least right now. That is yep. the official. I that is site wide. That is everybody's official position. That's Evan Walid. I think Tony. Um, I'm pretty sure Herms thinks that too. That is site wide. Yeah, the whole site thinks that it's Cortland Sutton. Yeah. So, um, so you're starting Sutton. You can start Judy in a three wide receiver league. You're starting DK Metcalf. What about Tyler Lockett? I'd rather not. I'd rather not as well. (laughs) I, I, I'm, I'm stuck. I really am stuck on this. I don't know like, just squeaks so the chair forward. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, 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 I'm going to say Lockett. You start Lockett. Actually, I start. I say you start Lockett over Metcalf with Geno Smith as a quarterback. Oh, uh, see, I think I think if Geno Smith throws a touchdown, it's going to to DK Metcalf. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm not Gino starting. Lockett. was actually not bad for Metcalf last year, but yeah. he was bad for Lockett. 
I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they actually started using DK Metcalf in the ins and outs routes. But I don't know if that's we'll see if they continue to do that, then then I'll then I'll then I'll be wrong. If they use Lockett the way they should with those, he should be the one running those ins and outs. Then it will be Lockett. So I don't I don't know. I, I guess I should go with with past history, so I'll I'll switch that and go with Metcalf over Lockheed. Okay, I forgot to note uh, Ken Walker probably not going to play this weekend. He's got a hernia. So let me ask this: uh, rank the running backs in this game. Rashad Penny, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Williams. I think this should be pretty straightforward. Williams, then Penny, then Gordon. I'm going to go Penny, Williams, Gordon. That's where I'm going. Penny, Williams, Gordon. Because the question with Penny isn't how good is he? It's how long can he stay healthy? Exactly. And um, sure. and Javante and Melvin Gordon are going to split touches. Um, are, they're all top 24, though. I forget where you have Penny Walker. Uh, 22, I think. 22. Okay. So Gordon's not tw- top 24. Uh, No. I have Penny at 22, Gordon at 28. Okay. Williams at 17. So you're a little bit further down. All right. So uh, Walker is win, lose, or draw. Belgo, DK, and Tyler Lockett. Lockett loses. Metcalf draw because he's going to get like 40 in a touchdown. And uh, Melvin Gordon wins just because he's going to be a lot closer to Devontae than people think. And I think that's a win for him. Um, yeah, I think I agree. Win, Gordon, draw, Metcalf, loss, Lockett. Thanks, Koba. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to go with past history, but I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go win Lockett, lost Metcalf, draw Gordon. Okay, and we have a clean sweep with Denver winning. That's correct. All right, so that does it for the games this week. I do want to do this where I do the plugs at the end. So, couple things. One, footballabsurdity.com. We've got articles that go up every day except for Sunday, multiple articles every day. We've got absurdity checks. We've got starter sets. We've got sleepers. We've got betting advice. Uh, we've got streamers. Um, Sundays at twitch.tv slash football absurdity. We will have our start or sit show. And it, it is intentionally named that. So you accidentally say the word that I would have to bleep out here. Um, <laughs> and that is at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. It's going to be me and Evan Hoover. At times it'll be Walker. Maybe Mike, if Mike can get up at 8.30. <laughs> yeah. Good Mike's luck. Not, Mike's, Mike's a night owl, so that might not happen. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But we're going to help you out with your starter set advice. Um, we also have three podcasts a week, two in the main feed. Um, Walker and I on Wednesdays go over Walker's ranks, talk Thursday night football. If you'd listened, you would have known to not start Cam Akers. Like, we were very strongly saying don't yes. start Cam Akers <laughs> yesterday. Well, we're um, just then, as strong about Javante Williams, I think. There you go. And then Mike Walker and I have on Tuesdays, we have our Patreon episode, which is reviewing the game, the week's games, and also talking about Thursday night football. The Patreon is patreon.com slash football absurdity. That is $3 a month. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Um, or you can just find the viral tweet going out there about Cam Akers and the uh, you can follow Walker at Big Daddy Dricks, D-R-I-X. You can follow Mike at RFL Red Zone. Mike does not tweet. 
Um, so you don't have to worry about following him. But please follow him so he gets followers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the thank website, you. <laughs> the website is at fballabsurdity. You can check out our Discord. Now, in the past, I've said tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. That link has expired. There will be a permanent link in the description to this episode to join our Discord. You can ask any question you want there. You're going to get a well-thorough and well, um, sorry, a well-thorough and thought-out researched answer. So uh, you can check it out there. And then uh, for any replays of our Twitch streams, youtube.com slash C slash football absurdity. We have enough followers for a custom URL there. Shout out. Sweet. Woo. Right on. I think that is everything. So uh, anything else you two want to say? Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. We hope you all win unless you're playing me, and then I hope you lose. Uh, Absolutely. To, par- to paraphrase Walker, if you win, it's because of us. If you because lose, you it's listen. because you're a loser. <laughs> That's Someone <right>. else. <laughs> Have a good one. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.